Yeah, because I've been... Because yeah. I had a year of fucking whatever. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Which button do we hit? First dun, red one. Dun, dun, the first red one. This one? Yeah, that's the one. One, two, one, two. <sighs> Mulling in there. Yeah. That's you. What's up? We're back. Episode 17. We got a very special guest in the we house do. today. Yep. Amazing in guest. the new studio. In oh the yeah, the new studio. studio. Check it out. Things Sorry are going about the sound, off. but that'll be fixed. Yeah, I don't think it'll be that well, bad. A bit of reverb's all right, man. Yeah, put it on your yeah. pedal board. We're in a church. We're in a church, man. The Church of the Cosmic <laughs> Skull, <laughs> to be exact. To, yeah. So anyway, yeah. special guest. Who's this magnificent special guest? Well, you're looking at him. <laughs> <laughs> We're scraping the bottom of the barrel this week, folks, and we got me. Wow. Well, you got. Where do we start? You do have a something special coming up. Yeah, fight. Big fight locked in. April twenty four against Isaac Hardman. He's probably one of the best, um, best young middleweights in the country. That's probably has the most hype around him at the minute. And he just beat Tej Singh, who's a sturdy top three or four type guy. So. Be a good fight. Yeah, sweet. Awesome. Yeah. He was on the to do once card, wasn't he? Yeah, he, he he caught Jamie Weech and put him to sleep in a round, and then I think his last fight was when he fought Tej, and he went Tej took him ten rounds, and he won on points. So it should be good. I'm yeah. looking forward to it. First one back in a while. First yeah. one back. How long? Um, October nineteen was when I fought Quinlan. And then I did a couple camps in between and had some pullouts and fall throughs. And then I guess from March, I was off. Yep. Until January. <laughs> oh, that's a big break. Now Fantastic. That's a big break. Hey, um, what weight's middleweight? 72 and a half. So okay. one, 160, 160 pounds for our American fans. American yeah. fans out there. Wow. And multiple, multiple fans. That's right. How's the training going? Yeah, it's good. It's good being back in routine and. I'm enjoying it and just I'm not rushing like I used to. Just taking my time and I've got eight, just over eight weeks now. So that's like really kicking ass and over the next couple of weeks pushing a bit harder. And, um, yeah, it's good though. Weight's coming down, which is good because I was a fat bastard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Aren't we all, all about that? <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's, it's good. I'm enjoying it. I'm happy to be back. Oh, good. Yeah. So what what started you in boxing? Um, <clears throat> I was getting bullied, actually. Bullied. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's, I got a funny story because when I was when I was young, I didn't mind. Like, I'd scrap all the time at school and stick up for the underdog. <laughs> I was one of those type of kids, and then I had some trouble with it with a with a kid in town around thirteen or fourteen. And it was just one of those weird days where he just caught me off guard and it just fucked me. From there, like, my nerves were shot. And then it just went on to this, like... You um, didn't want to scrap anymore, you mean? Like- no, it just startled me. And I must have... I was going through a lot of stuff. Looking back now, it's easier to understand as an yeah. adult. Yeah. I was going through a lot of change and my 
you know, you know what it's like at that time. You know, you get hairs in weird places, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> your voice breaks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's nothing like that. I, I just um, like being kicked out of my mum's place, and I was living with my dad. And anyway, the whole backstory is a bit lengthy to get into, but I was just there was a lot of shit going on. I think, and that contributed to yeah to that kind of affected mm. me. So. Um, this shit went on for a while and then my auntie's a psychologist and she, she mentioned to my old man to, um, get me into the boxing just for fitness and confidence really. Yep. So I went and joined the gym up in Sussex Inlet, Peter Kenarakis. He, he was the first guy that, um, showed me anything and then, uh, man, I just fell in love with it. Straight At 14? At 14? 14, yeah. 14. And then, um, yeah, we started doing a little bit of sparring and, Man, I still remember the first shot I actually got hit with in the nose by one of the kids I went to school with. And I'm just thinking, fuck, like, what was that? <laughs> yeah. Like the the flash and, yeah. you know, how much it affects you when you're not used to getting hit. Um, it's it's funny that that comes straight back to me now even. Like I can still... What, the, the feeling? Yeah, just like I remember the black flash yeah, and yeah. just thinking, holy shit, like... But outboxing this kid with my jab, he hit me with his right hand, and he was a bit more developed, and I was just like, fucking hell, man, that hurt. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so we went from there, um, and moved into the PCYC in a, in a Bombardier, oh, East Nara. Yeah, so it was pretty. With that same coach? Different, different coach. So oh, yeah. he sent us, we said, uh, me and my best mate were boxing together, actually. I, I lived with him pretty well, um, like with his olds or yeah yeah so well i live with my dad but i probably stayed at his place six nights a week yeah. you know his mum and dad they had that family structure i was looking for yeah he we were doing the same stuff so his old boy used to take us in come down to milton to pick us up from school yeah and he'd drive us through to east now which is just probably like a hour 10 drive back then um yeah plus he'd have to drive 30 minutes south beforehand to pick us up so it was a big commitment from him what a champion yeah you're probably looking at two and a half three hour trip um four days a week to get us to training yeah Yeah, so he was a good guy um that was bobby shout out to bobby because he's probably listening (laughs) good on him so yeah we went into the pcyc and and the journey more or less started there it's i think i had my first flight at 50 15 maybe 15 yeah so 12 months training prior do you reckon yeah it would have been like a bit of fitness and stuff up at the gym in sussex and then as i started getting more interested in um you know taking boxing more seriously um yeah probably i don't even think it was that long in at pcyc the coach was like oh you're not too bad like I was like, fuck, what are you looking at? <laughs> my coach said I would tell you, I was like, I was never one of the talented kids, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but obviously there wasn't much talent in there at the time. <laughs> do you remember who you fought or anything like that? Like, do you remember much uh, yeah, about that fight? Yeah, man. Um, so my first fight was around the time of the Cronulla riots. <laughs> and I went to Punch Bowl and fought a Lebanese kid. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, man. This is a, you gotta understand where, like, where I'm, we come from on the coast. Like, mm. you just, there wasn't, you're not familiar with, you know, dif- different eth- ethnicities and you haven't been exposed to it. Yeah. Um, it sounds ridiculous now yeah. to say that, but, you know, at that time and coming yeah. from those smaller places, like, that's what it was like. So, 
yeah, first fight, we went up there and, um, you know, it's scary enough having your first fight. But then being involved in those situations and the tension. And, yeah, it would have been um, insane. I was hectic, You're man. I was probably the only little white kid walking out to yeah. the punch bowl. <laughs> Um, and everyone's back in the home kid and yeah. he was a big strong looking kid yeah. and he, he come out firing the first round. But I think he put maybe a, a count on me, maybe two counts, standing eight counts. Wow. I was like, fuck. And got back middle round. Um, so the second round come out, the crowd went quiet because I actually outboxed him. Yep. And yeah. then, and then they obviously told him in the corner, like, just go put it on this kid. And they jumped on me again and stopped me. I was right. like, <laughs> but you know what? It wasn't even that bad. Like, for me at the time. You I, didn't I was, really care? No, I was nah. just so pumped to be doing yeah. it. Yeah, like, yeah. I was so fucking pumped on the. Conquered a fear kind of thing? I, it wasn't even that. I felt, oh yeah, it must have been like a worth thing. Like, I felt good about doing something. But it was like, it was just a sick experience. Just, there's no other experience like that. Oh. I know I hadn't ever put myself in a situation like that before. Mm. So, well, you're on stage as well. Oh man, it's hard enough yeah. being on and stage, let alone getting a fight on yeah, stage. Yeah, yeah. Scared yeah. like nervy kid going through all this shit a few months before. Like, yeah, what a change! You know, it was a big change. But I still remember the next day we went back to the the first guy I started with at um, Kenarakis's house. And there was, they were having like a little bit of a barbecue and he made a real big deal about that I had a fight the day before and yeah. even though I lost and shit, like yeah. it didn't matter. And I remember getting attention off like, um, one of the local girls. I kind of, I can't remember who it was, but she was really interested in it just cause I had a black eye and I fought that. I was like, this is Bloody fucking tricks. great. <laughs> I've been doing wheelies down the main street on no my bike for three years and no one gave a shit. <laughs> I lost a fight and I'm still getting yeah. attention. So I love that black eye. Yeah, man, that, that fucking, that sold it for me. So <laughs> it rolled on from there. Oh. <laughs> so what happened after that? So you've had your first fight straight into the next one or? First fight I got stopped. So I had to take, you have to take 30 days or something. And then I was real determined then. Yep. Um, you can train. Yeah, you can train and stuff, anyway. man. We used to do some stupid shit. <laughs> <laughs> Give us an example. Well, um, well, I was a 15, 16-year-old kid at 60 kilos. Um, like, I'd spar 24-year-old. <laughs> fully grown um, men. Fully grown <laughs> men at flat, like, hard. Uh, man, I don't know. I reckon I went home with concussions. I'm, I lived out of home at this point. Yeah. I live with these guys that I was sparring. They're, they're the great old dudes. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> great dudes. Yeah, yeah. But, um, Tui Leveni, who went on to be a professional as well, he, um, had a draw with Ryan Waters, who fought Mundine. Um, he could punch, man. Yeah. He could punch. So, I went home with many concussions, I think, at the time, but as a 16 year old, you don't realize. Like, yeah. Every week I had, blind spots in my eyes and headaches and headaches and yeah. but you just, i just thought that was part of the deal you know yeah, yeah 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 so um i remember one one day when we we're getting ready the next year so it was a local fight night my second fight and i was super determined to win i put this like life or death narrative on it like you know if i don't win this fight like i have to quit because yep. I'm, I'm no good because I didn't yeah. understand have someone explain the process of the sport yeah. to me at that point yeah and um and we were up at Albatross Hill it must have been like it was a hot summer day like 
the hottest day in like 52 <laughs> years is recorded. <laughs> uh, it was probably in the 30s, high 30s. We're doing sprints up this hill and, you know, I used to try and win everything because that was just competition. That was, it was in me. Um, because I knew I'd get, you get praised for that shit. Yeah. <laughs> and that's all I was looking for at the time. So I'd, I'd bust my ass, done these sprints, threw up in the car park. And then our coach at the time took us back to the gym and made a spa. And I was fucking oh, zonked, man. Yeah. Dehydrated, I'm guessing. Dehydrated, like messed up. I've just been spewing, like <laughs> multi, not like a little spewing. It was like full hard spewing, exhausted from the hill sprints, probably yep. heat stroke. Roll in the gym and there's the only day my best, he's my best mate, the, the kid that was boxing with me as well. He was getting ready for a fight. Yeah. It was the only day he ever got it over me inspiring. Yeah. <laughs> and he still remembers it. I bet it he does. <laughs> Remember that time? Oh, man, it was it was awful. Up. He punched the shit out of me. My head was throbbing. Oh, I just remember man. just thinking, this is fucked. But, um, anyway, we rolled on to the second fight and like I want a box at one of the guys from Crocker's gym. Um, and one of their guys, he's got a lot, a gym, Gretchy's, he's, 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 um, I think it was his brother. I boxed him in my second fight and like I boxed really well. I won yeah. easily. Yeah. And I remember Todd Maclin filled in for my coach. So Todd Maclin fought, um, Manny Pacquiao back in the day. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so shit. he looks after a lot of the Filipino pros that come over here. Nice. Yeah. Um, he also trained, trained both the Brown brothers and yeah. so he, he come down and look and he was just buzzing after. He was like, you handled that like you have had 35, 40 fights experience <laughs> the way you outboxed that kid. And it's funny looking back at it now because I think, yeah. well, <laughs> I don't think so, but <laughs> I think he just meant handling the occasion and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So I was pumped and then from there, like I had that confidence that I needed and once you get that buzz for winning, it's all over. Yeah, it's bit of like bit of um positive reinforcement from that dude. Then like yeah, fucking hell. Yep. So yeah, it was a good. It was a good. The journey started there really because that, that that really first win. Yeah. The sorry, the second fight win. Yeah, yeah, that pushed home. Fuck. How many amateur fights have you, do you think you've had? Because you've had a lot of. Yeah, I don't like know an exact number, but fights I reckon. It would be in the eighties, high eighties, and then like we had um like competitive competition spas as well that don't necessarily go in your book, yeah, or like friendly bouts, exhibitions in, or whatever in countries. Oh, like I don't even count them. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you do exhibitions. Yeah, you yeah. You do competition spas for points as well. They used to do them in Canberra, where they'd give a result, but it wouldn't go in your book as a win or a loss. We didn't do many of them, but yeah. um, like in other countries. For example, um, jumping ahead a little bit, like when we went to China, um, we went to the Bird's Nest Stadium where their training facility was for the national youth team, I think. Yeah. And the first day there, like we boxed under referees and you, you're going hard out. They yeah. just don't give a decision in your book. So like probably another 10, 15 of them, them yeah. a couple at the AIS for like selection stuff. Where they judged them and, and like they just score it and we analyze it after and stuff. So yeah, probably close to all up. I think I've had about 120 fights. 
Yeah. There's a lot of fights. Yeah. Damn, far out. <laughs> That's how I got a fucking skull cap and deformed bloody <laughs> forehead and shit. <laughs> trying to protect your brain, the bones. Oh, are man. I swear I was a good looking kid once. I don't know what the fuck yeah. happened. You're not selling this boxing game too well. <laughs> You're going back for more. So. Well, you can't beat it. That it's the hard. Adrenaline rush, is it's it? Not, I don't know what, it's the purpose. And like, I guess for me at that time, like going back as a 16, 17 year old, living out of home, I didn't have a job. I had no desire to do anything normal. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, fuck, like, this is where it's at. This, I didn't even know where this sport could take me yet. I hadn't been anywhere before out of the state or. You know, I didn't know it could yeah. take you around the world and, but I just, I just saw these legends have these nights and I just, like I fell in love with the idea of experiencing that stuff, mm. holding belts and, you know, having, having those, those moments that test who you are and what you have in you. Like yeah. I, I always felt when I was a kid that I was supposed to do something a little bit different and you know what? It's probably just an idea you hang on to as a measure of like hope to pull you through shit maybe and yeah. i had this i had this teacher once say to me and this is probably the one positive thing i ever got from school she said to me you know you stand out not because of your academics or because of your behavior or whatever but you know you're going to do something outside the box very different one day and you're going to be successful because of it and yeah. that i just held on to that from like i think that in year six she told me that and it just stuck with wow, me. Wow, that's and great. And it just it? like, yeah, it just give me that. It was weird. It's just stayed with me ever since. I was like, fuck, and I did. Like, I always searched for that thing outside the box, and then then one day I it. clicked in boxing. And I found this so. in the box. Yeah. In the box. In yeah, the that, box in, the, in the square. In the box. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's a that, not Tim, in that box. Timothy Leary had a theory on children growing up, and he, he it was called the imprint vulnerability. And that there's times in your life where something opens in your mind, it might only be for an hour or so, and whatever happens at that point, almost like ducks, when they're born, the first thing they see is their mum. You know, so if they see a tennis ball, they'll start following the tennis ball around. And he was saying that happens with kids and that as well. So it might be something like that. This, you're in a specific state of mind and something you're ready to be impressed upon. Yeah. You yeah. Know, and that happened. She happened to be the positive thing at that point in time, you know. Yeah. And the other, the bully kid, Ended up being positive as well. Yeah, 100%. Because you know? like, I, I know in my own life I've had, I can definitely pinpoint things that at the time might have been cringeworthy, but then they actually make you who you are. Mm. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. If I didn't go through the, like, I, to be honest, that period where I, I was suffering with this kid and whatever, um, you know, I think adults look upon kids being bullied sometimes was a yeah, bad it's a thing. bit of like a like a it's just kids shit like oh yeah, yeah. but the effects that it can have on your psyche and oh, you know shit, i was yeah. having like um full-blown panic attacks and like wow. heart, like we'll get mm. my heart checked from heart specialists because like my parents didn't understand that shit yeah. my dad's from the old school like he had a hard fucking life too um so to think, oh, you know, maybe someone's there was no anxiety then. No one talked about that shit. No. Yeah, it was like had a proper heart palpitations, and they'd check everything. Everything was fine medically. And then I realised as I went on, oh, it's just like it was just 
literally the reaction of fear and yeah, anxiety yeah. and not wanting to to go out. Face and, again, yeah, 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 it was a, a bizarre thing to go through. It's a shit thing to go through. Hundred yeah, percent. Uh, yeah. You wouldn't want your kids ever to do it. So mm. that's why I'm always like, you know what? If there's a problem, well, I'm trying to teach my kids now. <laughs> now, yeah. if anyone ever fucks with you, just punch them in the face straight away mm. and just sort sort it out. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that doesn't say, take that how you want, but it's a solution to a, to a problem that goes back to. Well, you want to dawn of time. It's nature. Yeah. I'm not going to have anyone be fucking with my if, kids. Yeah, if, <laughs> if something goes down, you want yeah. them to have the ability to decide to where yeah. it ends up. Like, yeah. if you know, sometimes yeah. things need to be stopped at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. what you find in most bullies, as soon as you you hit them and that they try and become your best friend because yeah. they're only scared. I kind of find, you know, like the. They're kind of weak personalities, I think. Hundred percent, you know. they're frail, man. Yeah, they're, they're afraid yeah. and all that, and they put on the big macho yeah. thing to. And you, you find pity in them as you get older. You do, poor bastards. Yeah. Like yeah. as kids, when you look back, I just think, fuck, man. Yeah, because I had the same thing when I was a kid, and I grew up in South Auckland, man. These guys were like Jonah Lomu size, man. <laughs> and like one of them, particularly, was, and he was a kickboxer, and I saw him waste this dude. And for some reason, he just wanted to beat the fuck out of me, you know. And it wasn't a fair fight in that at all. And and he really put it on me the whole time. And it was um, fucking intimidating because he was like 110 kilos or some yeah, shit, you know. Right. And there's one there's one thing, you know, my stepdad said, just punch him in the face. I'm like, he's going to fucking destroy me if I do that. <laughs> I should have, though. I look back and I, I wish I kind of had all, yeah. you know. But At um, least you punched him then. Yeah, at least I punched him. <laughs> but, having, yeah, um, but now looking back on it, I do kind of, like, he grew up, you know, in a pretty rough house. You know, not... You, you don't want to make people. understanding, you know, yeah. you know, what's the word, you know, excuses for them. But, but you can understand you it understand. when you're like, a uh, The Simpsons, like that bully on there, Nelson. Nelson, Lunt, yeah, just he's like the, shit. Yeah, the, yeah, is it the quintessential, would you yeah. say, bully that, you know, his parents are all yeah. fucked up, his mum's a hoe, yeah, you know, like, yeah. so yeah. he just bashes all the yeah. kids. Yeah. <laughs> but also, I don't know, does it go a bit further now with bullying? Well, it used to be like just a bit, a bit yeah, of bullying, get a bit hit and all that. Yeah, but like, cyber bullying. Uh, now it just doesn't leave now. It doesn't That's stop. The problem. That's yeah. why these kids There's are under no so break. much pressure. Is they take, like it goes home with you. Like yeah. I used to go hide at home and I knew I'd probably be okay. Yeah. Except when the cunts are oh. <laughs> <laughs> yelling out across, like, then they infiltrated next door neighbor's kids, and it was kind oh, of, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. They anyway, didn't. Let's not give them too much air time. Uh, <laughs> fucking assholes. You, have you ever ran into them? Nah, man, you know, um, when Just I was- bashing. Yeah, well, for me, the biggest thing was, um, I think I was getting ready for a second fight, and I was out running one morning, it was the morning I was moving out of home. And I ran past him and he said something. And I remember just going, just, you know, fuck you, man. Like, yeah. And just actually saying something back and going, like, I'm not even worried about you anymore because yeah. I can kick he's, your ass now. He's got yeah. no power. So now. then later on, my mate told me he ran into him at a party or something. He, and he was like, oh, that was fucking, I think he regretted it a bit. And, you know, you, uh, I think he was more worried about my mate then. We was gonna bash him because he'd done, he'd had four or five fights as well. Yeah, yeah. So that just showed he was just, he was just a confused kid, man. Just, yeah. I have no fucking, I'm so thankful. Because <laughs> yeah. without that, it wouldn't have pushed me to, to do this. Yeah. Like shit happens in life, it's meant to. That's, yeah, yeah. that's, that's just, that's, that's nothing compared to your life as a whole picture. Yeah, yeah that's right. It's such a small, that's why it's so intense for kids because they don't have that. 
perspective. Perspective yeah. that length of time, like the, you know, those ten years or twelve years, that's the whole hundred percent of their yeah, life. Yeah. So it's a big fucking deal, you yeah. know. Yeah, especially at that age too. Right to oh, heart. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. You're so years confused and yeah. shit, man. But um it's yeah, it's like a, a second of your life really yeah. over the long scheme of things. I don't even really remember now. Like you remember certain little flashes and mm. you really have to think hard to get back there. And then do you think that, because you know how fucked up your br- brain is at remembering stuff, like it's probably putting fake memories in some parts here and there as well. Probably makes shit bigger than it is. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Because yeah. I, I think I told you about that rape case in America and she um, she ended up going to the cops like a few weeks or a month after. And she um, she had this guy's image in, in her head, like she could remember him until the cops decided they wanted to put this other guy away. So they just kept showing her photos and then flicking this same dude over and over and over, like until she went, "That's him." Yeah, right. The yeah. DNA yeah. testing it makes come her out. That familiar. Yeah, ten years. I think it was ten years he served. Like he did time, innocent. DNA testing came out, and they like stored the. They must have stored the DNA from yeah. her because they knew it was coming, and yeah, they ended up releasing him. And they, yeah, that's shit. Eh? Yeah, he's catching people at times of vulnerability. That I think yeah. very easy to imprint. Yeah, on. under a bright light. Yeah, you yeah. know. Yeah, it was this guy. It was this guy. And, and it could happen to you. Like, let's say we accuse you of murdering. You did it. This where were you on Saturday night? I was with my wife, and if she says no, you weren't. You weren't here, and all your mates say no, you weren't here. How long would it be before you start thinking, "Fuck, maybe it wasn't." Maybe no, I wasn't here. Yeah, my memory, I'd be like, "Oh, yeah, well, I must have been." <laughs> <laughs> I did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just put me away somewhere quiet for a few <laughs> years. <Yeah>. Be nice. <laughs> so you've had a, a couple of fights and California's got I was going all right. I had that one loss, and then yep. I went on this little pattern of one and three. Oh, we'd, we'd lose one, win three, lose one, win three. Yeah. Then I got to about twelve fights, and I um, well, maybe ten or eleven, and I fought a, a young kid called Sam RC, and, and he could fight. He's a he, he had a good professional career too. I just I saw him maybe a week ago, and he's humming and iron whether he's coming back or not. Okay. Yeah. So he could fight. He was tw- he was. Tw- Maybe 29 and 0 at the time. Oh wow. Yeah, so back in these days you could get a call at lunchtime and go and fight. Yeah, okay. That yeah. night. Now they got this fucking combat sports authority, everything's gotta be approved a couple of days out and whatever. But we could just literally get a call, go and fight that night. So I think they called me the day before and I was like, yeah, cause I just, my, my coach at the time was, Old school in the way he thought, like, you just get better just by fighting the best guys. Is this the yeah. PCYC guy? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's a good guy and he taught me how to train hard and, yeah. and be tough and whatever. But, uh, you know, he was only young at the time as well. So when you're trying to bring someone along, that's that works for some, not for most. I yeah. think it works when you're at a certain level. You have to have that experience and stuff behind you before you start doing that because otherwise you just end up getting... Flogged. Bashed and yeah. you yeah. lose all your Get confidence. Hurt. So yeah. I fought Sammy, did okay, he beat me fair and square and I thought, fuck, I need to fight him again. Fought him again. Thought I'd do better. Like this straight time. straight away? Maybe like the next fight or a fight after. Yeah. Um it was only a couple of weeks I think. And he um he fair hammered me that night. <laughs> but my coach sent me with 
the guys I was living with. He couldn't make it up, so he just sent me with me mate from the gym. Oh, okay. <laughs> and it was funny because Nudge, who's my coach now, um, he he was there with his first fight at Chi, and he, they'd had a win, and they stand, stood back and they're watching me, and he was yelling stuff to Tui to tell me in the corner because they were looking around like, fuck, we don't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's bizarre because even that early on, he'd started influ- influencing the- my career at that point. Yeah. It's super bizarre. We'd never really had any interaction or anything. And I was fucking devastated after that. I just thought, shit, because I was losing it like yeah. three or four in a row. I fought um, another national champion after that. So Sam was a junior national champion. Then I fought the youth national champion. Then I fought um, Joel Brunker. Joel Brunker boxed, um, who did box? Lee Selby, I think. You know, yeah, Lee Selby, yeah, yeah, the yeah. George Cambosas just beat. But yeah. I'm pretty sure it was Lee Selby, but back in the day, um, he was an Olympian. He'd had 140 fights at the time. I'd, I'd had like 14, <laughs> 15, <laughs> and he was a man and I was a kid. Yeah. Fuck. And I performed out of my skin that yeah. night. It was at the Tattersalls Men's Club. That was a great night because yeah. I was like, fuck, I box so good. And like, he smoked me, but I just felt yeah. really good. Um, Anyway, so we went on this run of, like, life started getting sketchy outside of boxing and I ended up with this disgusting girl that was just, she was nasty, like, just really negative, connected to negative people, you know, all that, the stuff that we'd worked so hard, I was feeling so good about myself was just torn apart, you know, and then I started losing all the time, so then it became about, like, you're not very good at this, why are you still doing it type thing. You know, oh, when when no. you're down, you need to people around you that are supporting you yeah, for sure. to bring yourself back up. But I, I didn't have any of that happening, so it kind of that probably played a factor as well. Um, my coach at the time maybe was limited in the development at that stage, and then being in the navy, like moved away, so it's kind of like self training. And I went on like a nine fight losing streak, or maybe nine. Or, Ten, it could have been. Are these, are these point losing streaks? No, no, like, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I don't think I'm not getting knocked stopped. out. Or, or. I never, I've n- never got stopped after. This. I've only been stopped twice in 120. My first fight, and I got some bullshit stoppage against this Northern Irish kid up at the Arab Fury Games. That, yeah, that pissed me off. We'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, yeah, just points, but starting to get flogged. Some fights, I'd give away ten kilos. As a 16, 17 year old kid, we'd rock up because I was the guy that they called yeah. in the end. Um, yeah. You know, Paul Tower was a good matchmaker. He was a really good pro fighter. His uncle, I think, Vic Tower he was a real, they're a famous boxing family from South Africa. Okay. He was the kind of head New South Wales boxing guy, but he knew he could call me up and I'd fight anyone. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, just around 60 or whatever, I'd come in, I'd weigh 60. And then I fight this guy that's fucking 24 and he's 70 kilos. <laughs> oh, no shit. combat sports. Like, and no one had told me until after the fight. Like, Fuck. I'm like, man, I boxed really good the first round, then get destroyed. Like, what happened? Yeah. And so you can just see your confidence just starts getting beaten out. Yeah. And I was just kind of getting fed to the wolves, so to speak. Yeah. Um, you know. And then uh, you got that girl that, that ain't yeah, helping at all. Yeah, just killing me at, at, at home. And uh. so all that stuff kind of starts sinking in. I'm starting to think I'm shit. And I was a bit down and out with everything. And then the coach having moved away, 
And anyway, I get this call one day for some sparring with this Chi that I spoke of earlier, yeah, Nunja's, yeah. Nunja's guy. So he brought him down. Chi punched the shit out of me that day. And um, and Nunja's like, you know, who's who's coaching you? I'm so you it. sparred with no coach? Yeah, I just you do just, my own shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what I used to do, like, you know. And, and living with the guys I was living with before that, we'd just spar at home and shit as well. Like, it was great. We could just be, like, watching Ali and Fraser and then go and play Ali and Fraser, but for real. Like, <laughs> just shit like that. Like, it was cool. Early Kimbo sl- uh, slice. slice okay. Yeah, shit. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so, fuck, we were out to chain, chain yeah, match. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's sparring, he punches the shit out of me, and then he starts talking. And that still recalls this day, like, the first the first interaction, proper interaction we had. And he's like, um, like, he still remembers this, the smell of my socks, the holes in them, and yeah. the, the smell of my fucking training gear, because it was all Putrid. old, run-down shit, yeah. and I wasn't working or anything, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, I always found that pretty funny. <laughs> Just a stinky little kid in PCYC with no coach getting battered. <laughs> um, so, so then he, he, he needed someone, I think he needed a fight on his card or he asked me if I wanted to fight and he said he'd help me prepare and I just remember the first session with him. Just thought, oh, what the fuck is this voodoo? And he just showed me something real simple. Yeah. But I never come across it. It was like a parallel jab or a pop jab, we used to call it, where you, where you just step with the lead foot in, the lead foot in with the lead hand, so you close space and then pull the space away with the step. And I, and I went into this fight and used it. I fought a guy called Mick Exisa. And, um, like we thought we outboxed him that night and and we could have won that fight but you know that was our first experience together we ended up losing oh so nudge is, is with he, you now he well kind of he'd worked with me for three weeks like, yeah yeah and we hadn't made like a thing where we were staying on or anything it was just to help me for that one um, but yeah, and then we clicked and he felt bad for me and, <laughs> and bought me some boots and took me on from after that. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, so it was a fucking, champion. yeah, it was, um, that was the po- positive coming out of, you know, that sticking with the sport when I thought, no, I'm going to finish yeah. this shit. Cause it's like a year and a half, two years when you don't you start thinking you're not any good at something you can't win anymore like it's hard to stick that shit out yeah, yeah. yeah for sure like and then when everyone else around you is telling you you know you should i remember my dad's home like why don't you just take a break from boxing for a bit and and i'm just thinking no i can't like i can't can't do that like i always knew i think that that's, that's what i was meant to be doing yep. at the time so it kept me kept yeah. me where i needed to needed to be so yeah, went on, met, met Nudge. And he's been your coach ever since? He's been my coach ever since, so, how many years? Sorry. 14 years. 14 years? 14, yeah, maybe, yeah, 14 years. Were yeah. you still riding motocross? Oh no, man, I didn't want to that shit. Nah, uh, that was like, uh, I did that from like 10, I had an old shitter on the farm one that dad was living on. Then got a little bit of a better bike and then got a new one. And that was between kind of 10 and 14 I rode and then that was it. So Once you started boxing? I started boxing and everything gone. else. Yeah, gone. 
and I couldn't get new new bikes or anything anymore. So. No, especially if you can't <laughs> get new socks. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so yeah, so I met Nudge, and then my fucking career just turned because I was being taught. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. He took took it back to basics. He knew that I had to have my confidence rebuilt, so. He talked to this poor Tawil and he said, no more of those fucking matches for, for a couple of fights. Let's, let's build his confidence. So we got this guy called Roy Horn. And I th- actually think he's come back around and might be having a professional fight soon. But anyway, um, no disrespect to him, but he was shit at the time. <laughs> so yeah. I just, like, I beat him and it was, I was so tense, but yeah. it was just like to get that monkey off my back. Yeah. yeah. Get that win. Mm. And then it opened the door and we just went on a roll from there. We just kept learning. Um, you know, as far as boxing went that year, that was 2008. I won 11 of 12 fights. Yeah. Um, there was one, one period in the middle I went like, fought like a f- fucking Friday, the next Tuesday, maybe, and then like to, to Saturday, and then the next Saturday. Then <laughs> <laughs> rolled into the state titles after that. So I got all the way through to the finals of the national championships as yeah. an 18 year old kid, which is still now considered a youth in the seniors. Mm. Um, and I lost to David Biddle, who was super, like, experienced compared to me at that level by three scoring computer punches. It was 4-4 going into the last round. I landed two uppercuts that snapped his head back. No points. Oh. How, how busy. <laughs> and I finished the fight, and he looked at me like... Um, yeah. Biddle's a cool... He's a pretty yeah, cool yeah. cat. He, he won it a couple times after. Yeah, he just yeah. looked at me like he wanted to fucking kill me. I was like... <laughs> it's like it's over, bro. Relax, you won. <laughs> Funny dude, man. But yeah, so my first, first year, I beat Cameron Hammond. At the state championships, he went on to London in 2012. He's fucking probably one of the most talented guys, like, I've been in with in terms of, like, hand speed and stuff. He's so quick. Um, but yeah, I just had a string of really good wins and that was so a great you, first year together. Were yeah. you coming from Nara up? Yeah, I was traveling. To train? Yeah, so, and then I ended up back at Basin View, so, at one point I was catching a bus and it would do this school run and it would take like an hour and a half, two hours to get into Nara to the train station. Shit. And I'd sit on the train for 50 minutes, Jesus. get off at Dunmore and then Nudge would pick me up. Yeah. And sometimes he'd always do these little tests, right? Because he was trying to build my character both like outside the ring as well. Yeah. You know, he first introduced me to family and, you know, he, he was trying to show me what it was like to have... To have like a positive, positive people around yeah, you and yeah. what it's meant to be like. You know, Were what you still with that chick? Yeah, so oh. she was pulling me back and, yeah. and there was a bit of a tug of war happening and I started opening my eyes to this way that life's meant to be and how people are supposed to treat you and, yeah. you know, that how you're supposed to treat yourself, I guess. Yeah. Give yourself a chance and through that change, the resistance was met and then, um, yeah, but so, so he was working on building me outside so I could realize all this stuff myself, I think, as a person. Yeah. So, but yeah, he'd set little tests like I'd rock up at the train station and he wouldn't turn up and, and he'd be like, Oh, I'm just running late, mate. Can you just walk up? Dunmore train station to just like Shell Cove where he was. It's not super far, but there's a couple of K's on yeah. the, on the bloody 
two-hour trip that had already been yeah, on, yeah, three, yeah. two and a half-hour trip that I'd spent the year <laughs> And I'd do that like four times a week, five times a week. And it didn't bother me. Like boxing was what I was living for. So, so he, that's yeah. where he's was living he was living there we trained out of his garage garage, we trained out of his garage till we opened the gym in 2015 nice that's good um where are we going with that Uh, well I think we should go with like so how many fights are you at now do you think so you've had a year with Nudge so 2008 yeah I was at about 28 maybe and I dramatically flipped my record all of a sudden. So all still local. You haven't <coughs> travelled yet. Thirty. Um, no, I was spewing because um, the nationals were in Sydney that year. I was heaps upset. I thought I'd get to go on a plane and go oh, away. No. <laughs> we're just in the fucking same place as the uh, state titles were. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, then two thousand nine rolled around and I went. Um, so what are you now? Nearly eighteen then? No, nah, now I'd be about. I must be nineteen. And how'd you go when you turned eighteen? Like, because everyone's partying. Like, I wasn't interested in. Yeah, that. the chick I was with was she was smoking weed. Every, like she was hooked on the shit. <laughs> yeah, like she wasn't just like cool once every weekend or something. Yeah. Like she got into this rut of like smoking it. Like, she couldn't go without it. Depends. Yeah. We hang around with these mm. fucking gronks. Like, <laughs> no offense, guys, but like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. you just weren't going anywhere at the time. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so I'll be sitting in a room, like. People just pulling bong after bong after bong. <laughs> yeah, every get day. ready for a fight. And I'm just like, no, nah, don't drink. No, nah, don't smoke. Why? And I'm like, I'd tell them, oh, yeah, that's good. Uh, just hanging around. Fucking yeah. Come the on, man. No, nah, they were pretty good. They uh, were pretty good with me. Um, so a bit of that, but I was kind of, I'd broken up with her and then we were in this in between. Yeah. You know, Still living you know, together? Dipping back in yeah, and yeah. then just stupid. Um, but then my dad actually, went through some mental health stuff and he had a massive episode and he had it still at his business in Sussex. So the to go, pizza shop? Yeah, so we went back and helped, like, um, took, like, helped run that for, I don't know, a month and a half, two months, because he was in the bloody psych ward, um, getting treated. So she kind of came back on the scene a little bit then. And then, um, just got a little lost and then finally cut shit off for good. Um, and then yeah, we got back, got back to our boxing and I fought Kai McKenzie and I lost to him 29, 28 computer scoring my first fight back for the year. So he yeah. won the youth championship, um, which I was spewing. I like, I was pretty certain I'd edge that, but he, he hit me with a hard shot. Like, I remember this, this was pretty cool. He hit me with this shot and I fucking bounced. Like, he could punch Kite for the weight. It was 64 kilos yeah. back then. Um, he's, he's a pretty good pro as well now. He's world ranked and stuff. He hit me with this shot and I, my body literally went like, so the overhand lens, I went. Like, <laughs> 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 I reckon I ass squatted, touch the floor, bounced back up. I was like, Fuck. <laughs> what was that? Yeah, it was that. And then it was like the build back from there. Yeah. So he edged me on that one. And then, um, we went up to Arafura's and man, I was fucking so sharp heading up there. Like we hit pads. There's another local, um, well, he was a pro as well, but he was an amateur at the time, Nathan Wright. Um, so he was a more experienced guy that we'd often spar and 
it was good for me to have around because it mm. helped helped me look up to someone and you know he'd had the experience and stuff we were in darwin for the arafira games and i'm cracking pads in warm-up and he's like holy fuck i was blown out at how sharp i was yeah. and i went out through two or three shots and i just got caught like high on the temple with a little shot little flash knockdown jumped up didn't wobble on nothing against a northern irish kid good to go the ref this guys i was like fuck I've just trained my ass off to get oh, in. I've just been in the finals and the nationals the year before. Yeah. And they were just like, there was too overly cautious. Yeah. But I mean, you have them. They're just yeah. looking out for your best interests. This is at the time. This is how I felt. So then, um, that kind of tied in with all, the whole situation with my dad and all this other stuff. And, and then I just took some time out. Um, my shoulder was twangy. So I thought, you know what? Like I didn't party. When I was 18, I've turned 19, coming on 20 maybe. Mm-hmm. Well, through that winter, I thought, fuck, I need a break. Like, I need to sort, I've just gotten over all this bullshit in my life outside of the gym. And it's, it's kind of, those problems flowed into the ring yeah. in those performances. So I need to just go away, have some fun for a little bit, refresh, work out what I'm going to do. And then I'm, so I moved in with my best mate and we just partied for like, Man, I must have been drunk every day for like 65 <laughs> days or something. <laughs> yeah. So every time I like, I can, I could not drink ever and not drink for a year. But every time we'd had a period to drink, like, I'll just yeah. drink every day. It's weird. Yeah. I got that. You're good at that, um, obsessing on one out, thing at a time. Yeah, the yin, yeah. yin and yang, yin and yang. but it's so. not like a one foot in each. It's no, just, no, just no. jumping no, just, like, yeah, that's yeah. what I do. Yeah. Oh. So, um, so yeah, through that part in, he was seeing a chick and, um, the boxing was on the back burner for a, a few months. Um, so still we still talking to nudge. Yeah. And, yeah. We just, yeah, they were like my family. They became like my family over that time. Um, well, like, like proper family and, um, yeah, living with my mate and he, he was seeing this chick and she lived with another chick. Um, and I met, I met a, um, one night we were drunk, we went in there, we fucking went back to their house and I, this was a week night, we we're blind drunk in Huskers and walking the street, <laughs> went back to their house, stole all their food and went, <laughs> drove yeah. home blind, like, we're so dumb, don't do any of that kids, you know, <laughs> um, but yeah, and then we kind of crossed paths again another night and they kept trying to set us up and, um, and yeah, so we ended up hooking up one night. That, that's with them who I'm married to now. So this was not much of, like I wanted a break from being with anyone because yeah. I wanted just time to, but I just knew that she was a bit different and just, we just clicked and fucking. When the right, you right, want, yeah, it? you want the whole, the whole story is my mate's missus was a bit of a huss at the time and she, um, she put it on me like I'd been out. <laughs> <laughs> he still, he still doesn't let me forget this to the day yeah. either. So this is the same boxing mate. He's, he's my best mate. We've ever been mates for like 16 years longer. And he, um, <laughs> so he couldn't come out cause he was only 17. So we went out and I'd been with them and then. She just pinned me and started kissing me. And I was so lucky that the next morning, like, cause I was like, fuck, and I pushed her off me. And I, uh, the next morning, like, I told him, I was like, she was like, don't tell him, whatever. I was like, nah, like, I didn't Straight fucking do away. anything. Yeah, yeah. So, um, 
So I ended up telling him and it was lucky because the chick that he was working with was like right there and saw the whole thing and told him later anyway. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> honesty. But yeah. The best, it's the best policy, policy man. man. So she backed my story and, um, and then me and Em were together since then and mm. Em, Em had her shit together. Like she had a full time job. She was studying full time. She was an accountant, lived out of home, didn't have to bludge shit. money off anyone. Like, I'm just this bum living at my mate's house on the piss that I'm supposed to be a boxer, that's all right. Yeah. And I had um had no money. I didn't even have a bed, man. I was living on my mate's fucking couch. Like, I had nothing. Yeah. So, anyway, she had a falling out with this friend after a time, and we ended up moving together earlier than we anticipated. And then, man, she's fucking after the summer. I was like, right, I need to get back to it. I need to be better. For her, like, she's too good for me. I've got to <laughs> pick my game up, like, start contributing something. Yeah. So um, then I started studying and got back to training and got back to winning ways. So what, were, was, you try- what were you studying? Um, no, I just did my PT shit yeah, so yeah. I could work. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think this was 2010 and rolled around now. So I spent 2009 losing and then partying and then resetting yeah and from 2010 on all back on and had my first fight against um josh barrett was it hard to get these like a fight nah you just walked straight back into it yeah there was the game was busy then like there's a lot of people around boxing there's lots of cards on um there was depth still Mm. in all these divisions so i had this funny thing where each time i'd go up a division that division would swell like, so I was always seemed to be in the most deep division. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's because we're all growing together. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was a good just chance. Lucky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. So, yeah, I had, um, oh, fuck, man, I can't remember too much. I had a good period, a few wins. Then I started getting worried about what kit I was wearing and, you know, what people are wearing. How do I look when I'm boxing yeah. as opposed to how effectively I'm boxing? Yeah. A little bit, a little bit starry eyed and, you know, think, thinking I was somewhere that I wasn't anymore because I'd lost sight of, you know, what got us that success that first year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a couple of losses that I shouldn't have fucking, I shouldn't have lost. Like, you know, albeit I was fighting, we fought at like 1.30 in the morning on these fucking state cards that you're sitting Jeez. on all day and shit, but, like the same token, so was it. So was this guy. Yeah, the guy yeah. So it was just down to me not being switched on, taking these guys yeah. seriously enough. Um, so we made some changes and f- decided it was time to fuck off to Cuba and oh, go awesome. get pushed f- for real. Was like, that your first trip? Um, so besides, yeah, overseas, man. I'm, yeah, fuck, <laughs> Jesus, man. I was shitting myself. I. It's How did long, that come about? Like, long flight. Well, I'd watched what? like, um, I mean, the Cuban, for anyone that doesn't know, the amateur boxers are the, they're the cream of the crop. You know, it's a little different now. It's like, it's more polluted, but the Cubans are always outstanding. If you draw them, you're in trouble. Yeah. They, they got so many top guys and they got a system that works. So I, I knew. Do you know much about the system? How they do it? Yeah. And they just get them from young and. Yeah, it's just one of their main sports: baseball, boxing, ballet. And well, interesting. It's a a Soviet sport. Yeah, because it was so Soviet influenced at one point in time. And also, the kid, if they see someone with talent, that kid doesn't have to pay for anything. They just get the talent. Right, you're doing this. In this, they go to these sports schools. Yoel Romero has a really good 
um, interview Rogan about it. Yeah. And it's because he's obviously Cuban. He was an uh, Olympic wrestler. Yeah. And he said, you had like all the kids want to be the top dog because you're getting lobster. They're getting one piece of bread. And yeah, he goes, yeah. so every, every day they are trying to injure you. They're trying yeah, to yeah, fucking yeah, take yeah. you out because they want that. Yeah. They yeah, want yeah. the good food. They want the fucking love. Yeah. The nice bed. Yeah. 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 That's what it's like. like yeah. Well, these kids weren't getting fucking lobster, that's for sure. Yeah. But, yeah. um, I knew a dot, one of the Aussie kids, Zach Dunn, he's a good pro now as well. Um, his dad had paid for him to go over there and live in preparation for one of the Olympic Games selections. So this so is when there. it's hard to go there too, isn't it? Like, Oh, it's so hard to get there. Still, yeah. It's still <laughs> hard it's now. now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's living there and training out of the Havana sports school. Um, so he must have been there for eight months, um, by this time and maybe stayed on, maybe he stayed on 12 months in total. He was starting to learn a bit of Spanish and he was pretty set. And I'd just known him from a couple of the state trips together and, and just watching him and he could fight. Like he was a good, good fighter. Yeah. So I just contacted him out of the blue one day and thought, fuck, I could go to Cuba. So. Nudge raised money with like local businesses and they sponsored me to, to go over and man, I had to fly from first plane trip from Sydney to LA, LA to Atlanta, Atlanta to Cancun. Bloody hell. Stayed overnight in Cancun, Cancun to Panama. Panama to Havana. Far out. All by yourself. All by myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sitting on the plane, leaving from Mexico, um, flying over, just thinking, fuck, on the way to Panama or from Panama, um, thinking if this plane went down, like, no one would probably even know I'm gone. <laughs> I just yeah. remember thinking that thought, I feel so alone, but I fucking loved it. That's what I needed. Yeah. I needed to yeah. go and grow up. Like I needed for the rains, you know, not just started really taking me under his wing and I was part of the family and, and, and like then I found him and I just needed to go, f- you know, the old fucking cliche, go yeah. find yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. I needed to go grow, grow up. Um, so you weren't worried about like, cause when I traveled by myself, cartels and, no, no, yeah. like I was petrified when I landed, like, where do I go? <laughs> cause oh, it's oh, all fucking, I didn't care. Yeah. I was like, what's it was that? all just wild, like just an adventure. Yeah, it is. That's how, that's how I saw it. I was just stoked to be doing what yeah. I wanted to do. And do you, did I, do you, did you have to pay for the, the school or, or something over in Cuba? Oh, you did, but like everything we had come from, People sponsoring. Sponsoring. It. Yeah. So it was really good. Like, we've always been pretty looked after like that in the amateurs. It was really good at people. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we went over there, stayed, stayed in a house share thing near, near Zach's place and then just kind of jumped in with him and we lived and trained for four weeks. And then, man, the sparring there was so sick. Is like it? on a Friday. So the, the, the facilities are shit. They're like asbestos old, run down old Olympic stadium stuff from like 54 or 60 or something. Yeah. Um, you rock up in the morning, we do our run in the dark. These kids are out there in fucking bare, f- bare feet on the roads with holes in them and rocks and through fields and. Fuck. Yeah. These kids are running in bare feet. What was it like when you landed shoes. there? You know, like, because all the old school cars. Like, yeah, just like, like the Havana itself is like a time warp of Miami in the 50s. 
Yeah, I guess. Yeah. You would have been just going, what the fuck it's is so this? It's so cool, but I love shit like that. Yeah, it, it feels like you're on a different planet. It literally is like a different planet. The internet barely worked. You couldn't get yeah. access to it. Phones, like, never worked. So I didn't have to be in contact all the time. So it was good just to be. Like, it was a real place of just being where you are at that mm. time and being invested yeah. in it. It was cool. You would have been rich over there compared to them. Mate, you could get, like... There was this little stand on the street, and you could get two hamburgers, and they just made them in fucking... Those hamburgers. Yeah, they just made them in um, a sandwich press. They're like, <laughs> they're like the sandwiches. Just and a newspaper in like them. A glass, and... Yeah, like a glass of cordial, but in their reusable glass that they They, they have to have it back. I'm telling you, it was like, um, yeah. You stand there and eat it, yeah. drink it, and then say goodbye or whatever. Awesome. It was like um, 50 cents or some shit. Like nothing, yeah. Two yeah. burgers and yeah, you know what I mean. So you could Buccaneros, the beer there, yeah. It's yeah. like fifty. Cents. Was it all right? The buck. I've heard about the Buccaneros. It's like gives you diarrhea, but yeah. <laughs> I don't <didn't> care. <laughs> yeah. How's the refrigeration over there? Was it warm Buccaneros or was it? Warm? Yeah, yeah. It's not the best. <laughs> everything's a little. Everything's real like it's a bit like Fiji in Cuba time type thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What are the um, people, would you say they're happy yeah. living like that? Like, people call, like, man, you can, no one wants to talk about the oppression and shit because yeah. they're worried. Everyone's watching them all the time. They, but generally, I mean, they want what everyone else has in the yeah. West, but you don't want to lose that, uh, that ideology there or yeah. that, because there's a real, it's a special place. Like it has this real feel to it. Mm. The problem is they, they have no access to like the good food and shit. Yeah. Like you go to a restaurant, the best thing they serve in the cafes is fucking spaghetti with tomato ketchup sauce. Like, On top. Yeah, not, yeah. not, not, not proper sauce. Yeah. Um, with some shitty cabanossi in it. That's yeah. like the standard Cuba cafe meal. Like, yeah. It's just yeah. shit. We live in a time where everyone should be able to eat a decent meal. Good veggies. But that's yeah. all, you can blame the Yanks on that. Because yeah, they, they ban all the um, ships from going there. So there's yeah, been a yeah. illegal embargo for the last 70 years because they dared stand up to Uncle Sam. Yeah, it's a joke. You know, so it's a joke. Yeah. But if, if uh, socialism shit and communism shit, fair enough, open up the... Uh, let, let it open up and let it fall over on its own two feet, yeah. you know, yeah. but they don't. Yeah, <laughs> so they don't why do you have shit. to try and strangle it for 70 years and yeah. they still survive? Yeah. You yeah. Know? And they are the longest lived people in the world, I think. They got more centurions oh. than anyone else. So that oh. diet of theirs is actually going all right. Well, plus yeah. they get, um, is there, I don't know if they're med- medicines. Oh, it's all free. Yeah. Everything's free. And they're free. schooling and university. And I think stuff. they got more doctors per capita yeah. than anywhere else in the world. Yeah. 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 And they got no GDP. So, and I think, I don't know, if you're living in the States and you're homeless and you got two jobs and trying to feed the kids, you could look over at Cuba and say, let's fucking float over. Let's too fucking bad. float over yeah. Cuba, man. It doesn't Do sound too bad. <laughs> yeah. so. Well, you know, like they haven't got the luxuries yeah. and all that, but then we've got maybe too many. Yeah, it's shit. It's what do we, we don't need half the shit we got. No, no, the balance is gone. Mm. Their balance is too one way and ours yeah. is too the other. Yeah. There's a happy medium there somewhere. I'm actually yeah. reading a book on Marcus Aurelius, one of the emperors. Yeah. He's like, Huge philosopher, they called him the philosopher king, and um, he was a stoic. Yeah, and he, he always like it's like he's writing to himself, like reminding himself that all the things that you accumulate, they don't mean nothing because you die. Mm. Everyone dies, like they're just things. They don't, they're, they're not a part of you. Yeah, we give them meaning, but yeah. they mean nothing. They don't mean anything. They mean yeah. nothing. No, yeah. no. 
I like, feel like that with shit, but yes, I don't yeah. two fucks about anything. I actually like throwing shit out. I love it. I <laughs> know <laughs> <laughs> oh, you do. Cause <laughs> <laughs> always like, you don't take care of anything. I just like, I, no, I, I do, but I don't just don't value stuff. No. I think, I think I things people. don't last yeah. as long as they used to though too. They don't. They're, they're built to fall to pieces. Yeah. And they, so it, the things more. you own yeah. become cruxes around your neck. They own you. They, they, they own you. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you can't just get up and go. Like we got a house now. Like before we got this place, well, we haven't got a house. We got a mortgage, but um, before we got the mortgage, um, we moved. I think twelve times in ten years, and we yeah. loved it, man. Yeah, you, you know? did. <laughs> with, with, with the kids, and the kids got bored, and we bought this house. I'm like, well, let's fucking move somewhere yeah. else. You know? I remember yeah. not knowing where you lived because yeah. <laughs> yeah. fucking moved that yeah. much. I'm like, oh, it's Haley's birthday, I think. But where did you live? I had to ring my mum. And <laughs> I saw my brother that he lives in Coral Bay, right? And yeah. he never comes home much. He'd come home, he'd come home once and he went to, well, blind or, and he ended up wrangling home to my brother's old place, like, knocking on the door. A surprise. No one coming out with a shotgun. Nah, nah. <laughs> so, um, keep on yeah, moving. Cuba. Did you, did you learn much? Boxing wise, yeah. it was like, it's, it, they were so good, like, they just, the Eng- f- speak English, sorry. Enough, like to say, you're American. Uh, <laughs> I was like, no. Gringo. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, they spoke, it was pretty easy to communicate, really, yeah. considering, like, not all of them, but some, like a lot of them. Yeah. Enough of them do, for sure. How'd you get um, to the coat, like the, into the, the training the school, life. because you just pay. They just, they yeah. all need money, right? So you made. So Zach, Zach was already in there, because he was like national level and he was bashing everyone in there. Yeah. Oh, was he? Yeah. 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 So he was eating lobster. He, could punch. he <laughs> yeah. was. Um, so yeah, we'd get, we'd go to this school, we'd do the run or whatever in the morning, conditioning circuits, and then you'd just sleep on the, in the gym. The gym was literally like a red floor an old shit ring up here and then they'd on Fridays when we'd do comp sparring they'd attach like ropes rope rings so you could have several of them going okay, yeah. Yeah. all the other athletes from the other sports would come in yelling and oh fucking, shit this like sounds awesome fights. it was great cool. so they had other countries like a couple of the ba- um, a couple of the boys from the Bahamas yeah were living over on sports type scholarships to develop and um a couple of guys from Peru and stuff like that. So they, they were permanent residents there type thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, you, we'd go and do the three threes, like full on fight type sparring. Um, on the Fridays, everyone going nuts. It was, it was, <laughs> it was fucking cool. So they would have been there with their bare feet. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I saw the first, I think it was the first day I was there. We we're doing a circuit. This is like eight year old kid drops this freaking. Big old cast iron weight plate straight onto his foot. Oh shit! Barefoot. The coach is just like, get out of the fucking line. Oh, <laughs> like whatever he said, it was more yeah, or yeah. less that. You know, because he was whinging. Like, just get out of the freaking line. Was, I was just looked at him and oh shit, I'm not gonna say anything. I remember needing to piss like, and they don't care because we're we're foreigners. Like we're paying. Yeah. Then yeah. then we can do what we want. But I just wanted to be like in with what they were doing, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. I remember needing to piss at the start of a session and just like being full and having to hold it like oh, all no. the way through partner work, <laughs> oh, just shit. getting hammered, not wanting to go like, yeah, yeah. you know, so that was awful. But Fuck. yeah, the, the food, these kids are like six bunked in a room. They train, go do their classes at the same place, train again, do their classes, train again, 
they might at breakfast get like this stale roll with a bit of cottage cheese and an egg. <laughs> oh, no, that, that's Whoa. what we got as like um tourists. Yeah. Well, they'd get a glass of like yogurt type milk, yeah. like yogurty milk, and maybe a roll. I said, Jeez, Jesus and these are kids that are promising. Yeah, these are the and these are the star kids. Yeah. So there's that. Um, there's that many Vic- coming through. You know that Cuban documentary? It's really good. It's called Victory is Your Duty on YouTube. It's about this school. Yeah, and the different the different schools and how they how they um how they they battle off for the national school champ club championship yeah or city champions and it follows this one young kid named Christian Martinez um and like I remember seeing him there as he's growing up a little bit blown out and then years later like recently he messaged me on Instagram about trying to get over here oh nice to have his pro debut but now he's living in like. Czech Republic or something. Oh, I shit, noticed the other shit. day he finally got his professional debut. Oh, yeah. okay. over there! I was like, sweet, yeah, yeah. He got out and did he win? Make some money, yeah, yeah. He's got a great, great <laughs> like background. Yeah, he's a yeah. good, good. I don't think he turned out. He didn't go to the Olympics or anything, but um, like he. Because that's what that, they what got. That they are just on, yeah, eh? Olympic gold medals. Yeah, no silver or bronze. Just and they yeah. don't. Do they transfer to professional? Not very there. Well? Not, there's no pro game there. Yeah, so they, so have, they have to, to defect and then they're looked on as traders and yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty brutal. So yeah, Cuba was a great experience, eye opening, developed my boxing a little, but it was more the fact that I got over myself, realized I wasn't a big fish in a small, in a big pond. Like I was yeah. a fucking small fish in a very big <laughs> pond and I needed to just get on with the job. Like started training in, Joggers and shit clothes and not worrying yeah, yeah. about anything yeah. anymore. Being particular, like. got over all that yeah. crap and come back and started boxing good and winning again. And um, but fuck, we had some actually just going back. We're going <laughs> so we to the nightclub. Four, yeah, <laughs> we, had, we had four four weeks of training and then two weeks where the team went away for the maybe the national championships or something. It means I couldn't go. We we're going to go and fight, but because it was a it was a, a Cuban thing. Yeah. So we just went out, we just like, we'd go out on the weekend or whatever and party. And we, we had one night over there, we ended up, um, we're in the nightclubs there are the old mansions, right? So the, like yeah. the, the old movie star mansions are either they've been abandoned or set up businesses in. Yeah. So one of this one, like, and they're all on the, the coastline of Havana. So you, you'd walk in, it was like a little club and then out the back was like the dance floor, they had the pool full. And then they had like a stage set up and the waves literally break in. Like so that it's spraying in. It's just yeah, picturesque, wow. like a yeah. movie. Yeah, the, wow. the DJ out there, the, the the Fast and the Furious Cuban music. Like yeah. That's all that was playing all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's dancing and like um, just having people falling in the pools and fucking... It was, it was cool, a cool setup. No one's aggressive. If they were, you could staunch them out so easy just because yeah. they don't want any trouble. Cause yeah, they yeah. get, especially with tourists, like they get in big trouble. So anyway, we, we started getting pissed and we kicked this night on. We ended up going to this like really tall, climbing up through these like ladders and they're like, we had to pay this entry fee to get on this rooftop party. And we're, and we're kind of like, we're dancing away and like checking everything out. And I'm like, hang on. And we, we worked out, we're on this fucking, it's a gay party. There's <laughs> <laughs> guys making out over here, chicks yeah, yeah. making out over here, dancing. <laughs> like, oh man, that's how, like, it took us long enough to bloody catch on to it. Yeah. So we hung out there for a while, it was, it was really fun. 
And then um, it must have been going on morning and we went to one of the main tourist hotels and this Russian guy was blind. He couldn't speak a word of English and he starts trying to crack on to me and Zach. Yeah. Somehow <laughs> he bought us wine and we're like, fuck it, we'll drink the wine. It's daylight by this point. Yeah. He's trying to get us up to the room. We're like, no, 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 no. He goes, it's time for a swim. We're like, all right, we'll go for a swim. Yeah. We jumped in the pool. He walked down to the ocean, jumped in the swim, in the pool, left his wallet and all his belongings up next to the pool. We were in there for two hours or so. He never come back. Jesus. Oh, yeah. like, where the fuck? No, nah, not that uh, Wrong word. Uh, wrong word. Fuck. Bottom word. Oh, 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 damn it. I wanted the... Uh, so, that's uh, creepy well, man we'd kind of what the fuck happened to that guy I don't know man he was a weird dude like he was he, he probably was got took by a shark in Cuba all alone couldn't speak a word of Spanish or a word of English oh shit I was like hey what's going on here so anyway we kind of forgot about him because we were blind yeah <laughs> and then when we realised we're like oh shit where is he like, he never come back up past us or anything and so his wallet and that was still there well it was still there so we were like, I'm not gonna lie we checked for a couple of bucks yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's go get <us> breakfast <laughs> So we went and got breakfast on his room. <laughs> we sat there for another hour and ate breakfast and walked home. <laughs> we sound like the biggest assholes now. If I'm just assuming he passed out down there or something. Like, I don't know. Who, was who it sand exactly. though? Not really. <laughs> I'm trying to be positive. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was, that was a pretty interesting night. It was long and, I mean, there's lots of stuff in between, but... It was, that's how the nights evolved there, like rooftop parties, just, yeah. just shit you don't see here anymore. And like, just such a cool feel, no drama, just, you know, everyone just having good times in simple circumstances. Mm, sounds so, great. Cuba was great. I thought I'd come back like it's, I'd gone up to 69. I thought I'd come back at 64. I come, cause of those two weeks, I come back like fatter. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. So yeah, that, that was Cuba, man. That was the start that gave me that traveling bug. I was just yeah. like, fuck, this Into is great. It. Changed my, changed my whole outlook on life and on my boxing and everything it helped me grow up. So it was good. Great experience. Yeah, sweet. What about the, um, Com Games? The qualifying? So then, I actually talked to M before this yeah, and got a lot of, so, lot of questions. So we're like, Thanks, that, that trip would have been in 11 and then I tried out for London 2012, lost, uh, I lost to Daniel Lewis in the qualifiers. Uh, he was, he's a good mate of mine. He was a good, um, well, he was a good pro prospect, but he went on to the Olympics in Rio and shit. Yeah. Um, were you mates then? I like, we were friendly. Yeah. We became good mates after because we started traveling everywhere together. So I missed out on London and then, then my time kind of come. Like I'd had maybe, I was up to about 55 fights here. You know, I was coming on 22, 23 at this point. I started getting picked for all this AIS camp stuff and getting selected to go on these development trips all overseas. So from the space of never been anywhere in a space of like three or four years i'd been to like 32 countries fuck through boxing that's great yeah. maybe, maybe maybe it was like 28 28 countries. for free yeah. yeah all for free and then i just added a couple on at the end of the games but um, <laughs> yeah but like china was my first international like australian trip yeah that was great. So this, they built this program to kind of feed you into getting selected for the Com Games. So they started doing these talent camps with the top two guys in the divisions and then you'd all trial and they'd pick four or so out of the 20. 
and target you to kind of it's like a futures thing heading into the com games like these are the potential athletes we think are going to do well yep yeah um so so we got all these trips everywhere and went for competition just to build the experience and develop things that we needed and that process just come together like bang on like we did europe we did china um chinese boxes all right um, they they were in like the point scoring at the lighter weights, but they yeah. like once we put the it, we worked out you could just put it on them, and they they didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were smashing them up in the end. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> so Daniel Lewis, he was the first one that worked it out. I just walk up and bash them, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then we we're like, all right, <laughs> this is how we do it. <laughs> they don't like it. Um, so yeah, the Com Games process was long. It was. Three qualifying tournaments. We're in the deepest division by far. I had maybe 18 in the state alone. So it was the first stage state qualifiers. Leading into it, we come back from Europe and I sparred one of the guys from South Australia, Stephen Finney. And I was, I was boxing real good and I was super confident because I'd had all these international fights now and yep. I was getting up there and, um, I busted my thumb in the long, I just thought it was like a thumb cork because I'd done that plenty of times. So I kept boxing, did it again. Then I was like, nah, something's not right here. And I'd smashed, oh, shit. I'd smashed my, um, metacarpal to pieces. Like it broke oh. and then shattered it. Oh. And this was probably five months out. Maybe, yeah, four or five months out from when the first qualifiers would be. Yeah. I've literally given my life to this point. Mm to get into these games like they meant more to me than like i would have died happily at that point in life if i made the games yeah that's all my that's all i thought about like literally my whole life and emma's life were geared towards getting me to the game so i was like fuck (laughs) but so i got a plate and screws and shit put in it yep Literally the day that I broke it or went and got it diagnosed, they put it in a big bulky cast until I went to get surgery. We lived on a perfect 1200 meter block that went uphill and then down. And yeah. So our track program, I was up to the 1200s part. So like the next day I woke up, I had my arm fully cast, not knowing what's going on with it. And I'm running my 1200s. Like I was so fucking determined, man. Like no one was going to take it. Like yeah, I just yeah, knew yeah. that this was my time. Did they say, no, you know, fucking running um, with that thing on or what? Oh no, I didn't give a fuck. Like, I just, they didn't say I didn't ask. I just went yeah, and did okay. it. Um, so made all my times. Like then, <laughs> then didn't shadow box with my lead hand. And then did bag work with my lead hand, dumbbell work with my lead hand. I like just carried on like shit was normal. Yeah. Got the operation, um, did the same thing, started attaching. So they had to build me up. Like I was only a small 75, I was 71 or 72, fine at 75. So, shit. so I went and met with the strength coach and they, they give me a program to build up and get stronger and whatever. Cause that was the plan with the national coaches. Yeah. So I got those hooks that are supposed to support your wrist and just started locking that into the bar. So I'd do my three sessions a day, one being the strength, and I'd go in the gym with a hook and, yeah. and my hand had been operated on and it's in the splint and shit and I'd just lift weights with the hooks. Yeah. I'd find any attachment I could to get to do everything I needed to do yeah. in there. And it just, it just didn't hold me back at all. Once it was, I think five weeks later, I could start doing partner work. I was just putting it behind my back and just doing it one-handed like was that good did it end up being beneficial well i think it did just for my confidence 
because yeah, yeah. I developed so much. I didn't want to lose it. Mm. But also, your lead hand, you My might lead not hand, work that. This side good was lead so hand. developed. Like your you shoulder could see would have been this big. No, literally, you could see the difference. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I prepared like that, and then I had maybe six weeks with both hands before, I think, maybe a bit less. But first fight at the States, I drew a kid that wasn't no, like, it was not that good. Fought like shit, just got through because of the pressure I'd put on it. Yeah. Then the, the coach said something to me really good. He's like, he just used other top guys as an example. They've come back from injury and fought like a busted ass and then they'll relax and you'll fight heaps better tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Next day came out. I was like, yeah, he's fucking, I was really angry after that win. I was like, oh shit, I can't fucking, what am I, am I going to beat these guys if I can't even perform like that? I've just been mm. in fucking Europe and shit. Yeah. Anyway, come back the next day, Lusa's just, it was a nothing fight. I just schooled the kid. Yeah. Hands down, just, just play boxed basically. And then, um, the final pulled out. So that took us through to the, the final stage of the states. So we had another tournament two months later to decide out of the top four guys who would go. So they'd only take the top two to nationals. Um, so then I, I come into that tournament red hot, just first gear through the first one. And then I fought Ned Kane in the final of the second one. And um, I won that fight pretty comfortably. Ned and Ned were good friends before. Um, and we agreed to like just stand toe-to-toe for the last 20 or 15 seconds or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we literally <laughs> did. Like we just we just stood and trade punches. And um, I remember hitting him with a shot and him rocking and going back. <laughs> and I thought, ah, oh, he's my mate. We'll let him ride this one yeah, out yeah. and step him back and... But like that was the type of you can fight these guys and like because I was on top it didn't matter I was like it's all right okay. there's no emotion though there's is there not, it's not, not with them guys but yeah. at nationals there was when we got to nationals I had the fullest division I'd built this little rivalry with Jesse Ross like um it, he was the 2012. Olympian, even if the rivalry was only within myself, yeah. it was there. He didn't know it was there. <laughs> He's like, what? What's he want? Oh, rivalry? Uh, yeah, well, I think we got in an <laughs> argument one time with his missus about him supposed to have been in my spot overseas and shit and me and Jaya Patel were like, nah, man, otherwise he would have been here. He never won a fight internationally and we just had a bit of back and forth and that kind of built okay, it. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I drew him straight away. And it was kind of like, all right, whoever wins this fight is going to win nationals. And I, I beat him. I thought I beat him. Like it was, I thought it was pretty comfortable. Um, performed really well. Next day, I drew the 81 kilo silver medalist from the year before. He'd come down, boxed superbly. Probably one of my best amateur performances. Felt shit, but boxed great. Yeah. Schooled him. Beat the South Australian champion the next the next day. And then finally got a fucking day off before the final. And so I'd had more fights than anyone to qualify. I think I had 11 or something all up. And mm-hmm. at Nationals, I had four. No one else had four that year because the division was deep. Yeah. Um, and by the time I got in the final, I was fucked. But I was just like, you're not going to beat me. I remember telling one of the guys before we went out, like I was chatting to someone. And they're like, oh, who you got? I go, after I beat this fucking pussy. (laughs) (laughs) And he was right there. And then then I'm going to smash so-and-so. Like, I was just, I just knew. It was just that thing. And I almost felt like there was the aura of everyone else knew because that's what I was giving off. And it's like I'd been through the apprenticeship and everything was coming together. Just how, 
I guess they would have planned that development thing to to happen. Yeah, and it just fucking happened. I fought shit in the final, but I didn't need. To, I just needed to be determined because my body was rat shit. I'd box yeah. sensationally until then, and then I just walked. I just thought, fuck it, you're not gonna beat me. Like, <laughs> I don't care how I perform. I'm just gonna beat you, and I did. And that was the best fucking feeling of probably, you know, my whole career in terms of winning. The relief, like the, the, I was just, I don't know, what's the word again? Ecstatic. Yeah. It was just uh, everything I'd ever wanted just come to me, like at that, at that point. And then we got blind. And <laughs> yeah. We got so drunk. But that was a beautiful thing too. Like I'd beat Finney the day before and he'd come out with me, you know, and, yeah. and we're at the stage where it was like it was my time. Yeah. And he like, buy me bottles of like um jack and stuff and we're just drinking it in the car park before we've gone out <laughs> and we were so drunk like i'd stepped through a glass and i was dancing and i didn't even know the glass was in my foot still <laughs> oh my god i woke up the next day still drunk we get on the plane and that hit me and i threw up from wa home and i was yeah. a quivering mess oh. until like 8 30 at night everyone like everyone was at home made dinner and a celebration yeah. sign and stuff <laughs> i'm just like <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so yeah that was that i did it man and fuck and a few months later we're on the way to the com games was that scotland scotland yeah. and glasgow is fucking crazy Insane. oh man there's nothing has you know the walk the opening ceremony that's what jamie Pittman told me this in the going out for the third round he goes sixty thousand fucking people screaming for you now go and get it and i was just like fuck it the goosebumps come up like now yeah. they come up and that just lit that fire and like got me through that last round and he was right because never in my life again have i had that and i've searched for it like mm. you can't get it Especially in Scotland, I think from, oh, it yeah. just felt so amazing to walk out. You could literally go like this to the crowd and they'd just be like, wow. Yeah. It, was, wow. it, it felt like everyone's just there for you. Yeah. There's thousands of athletes. Yeah. But they make it feel yeah. like it's your, it's your time. It's a good town though. Very friendly to Glaswegians oh, as it well. Was, man. It was insane. Was it winter then? I can't remember, man. I don't think so. It would have been summer, you'd say. Yeah. Pretty cold there in winter. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking, I think yeah. it was July, August, so. Yeah, it would have been summer. Yeah. But an unreal experience. Didn't, didn't box the best tournament. I was burnt out by the time I got there, to be honest. Yeah. I, I was too keen going in. I had that thing of trying to outwork everyone all the time and we got a new coach and he changed my ideas on a few things and, you know, I can't blame anyone else. I chose to box that way, but because I'd gotten there under the tutelage of like what me and Nudge had done with Coach yeah. Don at the time yeah. and then that that coach has taken away and this new system Is that what happens? So yeah, the Commonwealth new sim- group have their own coach system? Well it was a national team that we oh, okay. work with and then they, the Australian boxing employed a new coach just before like eight weeks before so yeah. um, it kind of like... They tried to change what you were doing that's not yeah, he just time, brought in it? all this stuff and it, like I just thought, oh shit, I better go along with it because um he must know something I don't. Uh, yeah. And he, did he didn't. <laughs> were you, what, 25? 24, yeah. Yeah, I turned 25 when we were in camp at Ireland just before we went to Scotland. Mm. Yeah. So, um but unbelievable experience. And it was everything it was supposed to be besides... 
I thought I got could have made a big got. I got a tough draw in the end. Like I got an easy first one, one no problem. Fought like shit the second one, still almost won. Um, yeah. But the next fight after that was a tough one against Fowler. He'd bashed me up in Europe a year, prior. a year and a half prior. Yeah. But I'd developed a lot since then, so I was confident. I just wanted to fucking scrap with him again. To be honest, yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to punch on again. <laughs> and where was he from? From England. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he went to um the Olympics and shit. But he's he's signed with Eddie Hearn and he's he's doing pretty good. He could punch. Yeah. Um but yeah, that was a calm games man. Got through to the quarters, I guess, or top sixteen, whatever it was. And then I was down and Yeah. And then um we went travelling for six weeks, which is good. Um and then on that on that period I thought I'm gonna go pro. Which was never in the plans. I just wanted to go to the Olympic Games. Yeah. yeah. But, um, I needed something to change. Looking back, I know why I did it now. Cause I would have went like yeah, that meant Off the high. everything yeah. to me to get a fucking medal. I just mm. felt like I let myself down. Um, because of my performances. So traveled Europe, come back, got married and then made my pro debut on the undercard of Jared Fletcher and Daniel Gill fight. Which is sick because I got to spar with Geely. Yeah, not far off his peak. Um, you know, regularly in the lead up because I had a similar style to Jared Fletcher at the time. So that was that was mad. And the Grange, that was the Grange's last kind of show that they did when the Grange was like in its in its glory. Um, yeah, the last show they did, and they put me on the debut. I didn't have to sell tickets. They paid me. Sweet. We got put up in a good place. Um, and I thought, oh, this is good. Yeah. On pay-per-view, this is what the pro game's yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Pro stopped, all the way. the guy in like two or three rounds and he was yeah. heavier. It was just, it was good. It was cool. Were you nervous going into your first pro? Yeah, because you put the gloves on and you're like, oh, shit, there's not much fucking padding there. It's different, is it's it? It's different. The yeah. amateur gloves are more knuckle-rounded. Um, so they don't... You don't get chinned, is it? The tens in the pros are like as thin as they can fucking make it. <laughs> and then you're trying to like yeah. thin them out more. Yeah. Yeah. I remember um, Tyson saying he grabs a glove yeah. and he's like trying, trying to, to work the knuckles it. right up to the end of the glove. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it was, it was a it was cool experience. So when do you think debut. like you stop getting nervous, or have you ever before a fight? Or have you always got that little bit of nerves? You're always going to have some sort of nerves, but it's you just get to a point where you enjoy it. Yeah, Like, yeah. I just started looking You're not scared it. of it anymore. You're just like, nah, yeah, here we go. After the only, the, probably the only nervous anticipation I really had was before the first stage of the qualifiers at the state titles because of coming off the injury and all the pressure, and it was like everything was leading to that. And if I lost there at that stage, I would have been fucked. I wouldn't have been able to go. Um, to to the next, there yeah. would have been no second chance. Yeah, yeah. So I c- carried that pressure with me, but I was glad I learnt from that quick. Relax the next day, and then I've never really been like that since. I go through this weird thing where I'll be like, ah, twenty minutes before, I'm fucking kill this guy, <laughs> and then I'm like, well, that's not really how I box anyway. So <laughs> I'm like, all right, now I'm good to go. It's weird. That's the nervous thing, and then it's gone, and yeah. then I'm just enjoying it. Like I love it. That's what you live for. Yeah, yeah. Because they're the moments that you actually feel alive. Like we just, you tend to just exist in a routine day to day, mm. right? All those little feelings, the nerves, the angst, those little butterflies we get, the adrenaline, 
all these uncomfortable sensations, I learned to process them differently and to think like, you know, this is, this is the universe telling you what you're doing means something or it's worth doing. Yeah. You know, you're outside the norm here and, and this is, this is how you get, get to that feeling that you're chasing, which is the highs of. Yeah, yeah. Defeat highs of competition, really. Yeah, yeah. Cause to be honest, like, I mean, you get to a stage even with winning where it's like, you want to keep winning. Yeah. It's not, I don't even know if it's the winning that, it just boosts the high a little bit. Yeah. It's just the whole experience. It's the test. The journey. Yeah. So. With your fight that's coming up in Canberra, is it, is, what's COVID like there? Are they going to have people in the arena? Yeah, they got, yeah, last, they did a couple, a show there last year. They'll just have, I think that's why they're doing big venues. They so can have still space fit thousands of people in. I mean, they're doing a lot more tables type stuff. Like, um, so I think it'll still be pretty big, pretty packed. Smack Panda. Smack Panda. Panda, 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 Panda. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'd be a cool, um, fight week show. Fuck yeah, yeah. yeah. It'll be a we'll great do, one. We'll do one straight after the fight. Fucking You know, that. you'll be drinking <laughs> a beer. Shut <laughs> up. Yeah. Fucking yeah. have a joint. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we'll bring that'd the table. Wild. Yeah, yeah, great. Oh, that'd be cool. Bring those little fucking test tubes they come in too. <laughs> okay, now. Oh my god. He went, he went all out, didn't he, with the um, presentation? Hey, hey, uh, old, um, last, last week? Yeah, yeah. It's excellent. The other week? The other week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very professional with it. He was. Yeah, was there, yeah. Systemized. <laughs> and we're talking about cakes, of course. The cakes, yeah, he made Yeah, those cakes. cakes are great. Um, so, li- what was it like living in the Australian? Australian Institute. We didn't, like, by this stage, they'd gotten rid of full-time scholarships. So you just went, you'd just stay there periodically. So they'd have camps or bring you down. And then in between the camps, we'd start going and and um, staying. As, once we'd developed that little group of guys that were getting picked and girls that were getting picked and the top kind of national people, you'd go down and we'd just train with Don for a few weeks or... We'd go away and train, like we went to Tasmania for a week or ten days, and we'd train and yeah. go around, like get, just getting exposed all the time to different stuff. So, like we'd stay down there a lot. Like one year, I think we were down there like maybe five months. I worked out where I was away for like seven months of the year at yeah. different spots and overseas, and yeah. Um, so, I mean, that was cool because you're just living. It's what I always wanted to do, just live as an amateur boxer. You're yeah. training three times a day Shit. and you're training fucking hard. Like I was training yeah. real hard and young and chasing it. So it's when, like, that's when, all you could do. When did you get that, like the hard work ethic? Did you, were you like reading about it prior to this kind of, was there a couple of books that turned well, you on like, to that? It was or? the self-help shit, man. Yeah. It was the, it was the, I was putting that kind of stuff in my mind. I remember just hearing that that standard quote. A lot of people say it. People say shit. It's easy to say shit. It's hard to live by the actual principle. I don't know why this was like one of those window moments where it just sunk in. Yeah. Like, wanting to succeed as bad as you want to breathe. Like, mm. that's so easy to say. But Eric Thomas, like, one day I was listening to it and it just, it just sunk. And I was like, fuck. You have to actually want it that bad. Yeah. And it just sat with me. I yeah. was like... And then I did just want it that bad. Like, I wanted it more than life itself. I didn't give a fuck about life. Yeah. I just gave a fuck about making the games. You have to be obsessed with mm. that shit. You know, I probably never had that level of obsession again, I'll be honest. Um, because the belief was there. The system was was there to yeah, back yeah. it. Yeah. 
the time in in life um the way the way my mind was and and everything like it made sense to me to be like that and yeah yeah. it's a lot harder to do that when you got kids and kids (laughs) give you a whole it is they give you a whole different outlook on life and and they do change it like i still have that immense drive when it's time to and you know what's interesting now you know early on in my pro career i thought i'm going to be this a-side and you know, and then I realized the business of it's hard. Yeah. Like you have to sell tickets. You have to be. It's a show, isn't it? It's a show. You're yeah. trying to, small shows, like these promoters can't afford to pay you 10, 15 grand and, and then pay someone else to do that. Like they gotta make money too. Yeah. So you're selling, you might have to sell, you know, X amount of tables, put up, sponsor money to pay the guy's purse, pay for the sanctioning fees to get a belt that's supposed to get you ranked with a certain yeah. organisation. If you don't have a good manager looking yeah. after you and and then you don't know the right people in the right positions in these organisations, it doesn't matter. They just take your fucking money, give yeah. you these belts, and they don't fulfil their obligation yeah. obligation to, to give you those positions anyway. So the first, like... The first few years of the program, we're learning about the program. Yeah. And it became disheartening in the end because we were spending so much money mm. and it was costing us a lot of money. Like, I reckon this, the two belts that I got, the Pabba belt meant something. Like, a lot of Australians that had gone on to win world titles went through that route because it used to get you top 30 or top 15 or something. But the time I got it was the last time they fought for it. So I fought for this belt, the sixth, and then they abolished it. So right. they made me pay for it I still. Yeah. And they yeah, knew the that WBA, was happening. Yeah, they're corrupt motherfuckers. Yeah. And, and take the money and then they got rid of it. And then the OPBF was similar. Yeah, you, you were going to fight for the full belt next. Fight for the full belt next. All right, we'll defend this. Fight for the full belt next. It was bullshit. I spent 40 grand on that fucking stupid belt in terms of two, two or three fights trying to defend it and pay for the purses and whatever. And I made like no money off it, maybe three grand, five grand off each of those fights. You might sell forty grand's worth of tickets or thirty grand's worth mm. of tickets, but but also on top of that, you're just putting the sponsor money up to pay for the opponent and pay for the belts and and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it's just like in the end, it's not what people imagine, man. No, they see Tyson not, or someone yeah, fighting. There's all get, this money. Yeah, at the it, grassroots level of pro, like the pro there's program. no real ladder. There's no, there's no real system where you can say I'll no, do X, Y, and I Z. I mean, there can be if you come in as a standout star and you get like now. There's TV money again. Oh, okay. So boxing's yeah. come back, so yeah. it's good because there are a few promoters you can get hooked up with and a couple of good managers, and they'll guide you. Yeah. And you get paid your purse because it's TV budgets. At this time, there wasn't really, it wasn't happening. It was yeah. all dead. So like at the frustration of that at nine and oh, I just thought, oh, fuck this. Like this is not what it's supposed to be. I'm out. Yeah. That lasted about a year. And then I thought, like I knew. What like, brought was, you back that time? Um, just a rest. I just didn't, I didn't know how to rest. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I didn't know that you could take mental breaks and actually have time off. It was like either I had to retire to have a break. Okay. So yeah, yeah. I was just burnt out on it. Had this spar with Tim Zoo and he punched a fucking shit out of me. Oh, it was so bad. It was like, I've never been battered in sparring. Like sometimes you have hard spars and whatever. Yeah. But this day I was really, really bad and Tim was pretty good. And we went up there and I was like, I'd half checked out in my head already. I'd had a few fights fall through and I was going to get ready for one in Japan, but I was like half invested, just going for the money. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
punch the shit out of me. I got out. I was like, yep, you bashed me today. Well done. You're fucking good. <laughs> you're yeah. real good. And I was real shit. Walked out of there. And I was like, fuck this. What did he say when you said that? He just laughed. <laughs> they know. <laughs> he knows. He fucking smoked me that day. <laughs> it was ridiculous. I was so shit. <laughs> oh, I, mean, I don't give a fuck. Like I say, he did. Yeah. He's good. He's real good. But but I was really bad as well. So yeah. you weren't doing the things you knew you could do? No, it was horrendous. Like okay. Physically, I couldn't do it. Mentally, I couldn't do it. And, you and, weren't and then really I had someone good. Yeah, yeah, and then I had someone good in front of me fucking smacking me up. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Jumped out and I was like, all right, that's, that's pretty much it. That's enough. I thought I'd give it one more week, went up and sparred with one of my mates. I needed to get that spar out of my head. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Got rid of the monkey off my back and then, um, and then just went, nah, I can't fucking do this. I don't want to do this shit anymore. Um, really, I should have just had a few months off. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I got re-inspired, took a team to Golden Gloves, got drunk, all the truth come out. Um, I was talking to, um, one of my friends about it and and then she was just like well just come back I was like alright yeah. <laughs> I bloody will <laughs> so then I come back after 20 months out of the ring fought um, Rocky jerking and lost split got dropped hard learned a lot about myself then I took on Sam Solomon straight after that in his farewell fight um, on 19 days notice and lost uh, 10 kilos to cut, 11 kilos, close to 11 kilos Shit, yeah. in, in the 19 days. And knowing that I'm going to Melbourne on his farewell show, I yeah. know how these things work. I'm not <laughs> yeah. going to get a decision. Yeah, yeah. So I thought, okay, I'm going to beat him because he's so awkward. He was a world champion at 42. So wow. he was 45 when I fought him. Yeah. But he's not a washed up 45. He, looks he was great. a fucking IBF world champion at 42 years old. Yeah. So he could still, and he turned it on. First few rounds, I, I was kind of committed just to trying to catch him with something. I didn't really know how to go about it. It was a 12 round fight. I got split horrendously. Oh, I had a shit. vagina on my eye. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Blood everywhere. The doc, anywhere else on any other stopped. night, that would have been stopped. Yeah, and it was it was from a headbutt. Like I got headbutted so much, it's just his style. Yeah. Just clashes. Yeah. Head first. Couldn't see. I was blind in one eye, like from the blood and shit. And um, but it was a great fight. I got through twelve rounds for yeah. the first time, just round after round, round maybe six, seven, eight, or seven, eight, nine. Stood back, dropped my hand low, got down low. I worked out how to counter an, an awkward style. Yeah. So I learnt on the job that night. Mm-hmm. I was like, fuck, I'm going to pick him off with a jab and hook off and run him into the back end, hook off. And this is simple. Three rounds of doing that. And I'm like, but I'm not going to win. They're not giving me rounds. Mm. And they didn't. No. Yeah. Those were schooled rounds. Like I could sit back and do that for 12 rounds easy. I needed that bit extra space, get low. And I was like, oh, I just got to go back to trying to crack him with a right hand or I'm not going to get him out of here. Mm. Yeah. So I did that and just couldn't get, just couldn't couldn't get land. the shot off. I'm not a Golovkin puncher, but at, no. at that age I knew if I, yeah, I still punch sharp enough where I can hurt guys. So I knew if I caught him well enough, I thought I might be able to get him out. But, but what a legend. Like Sam Solomon, I was watching at 15 when yeah. I started this game. I was standing across from him, weighing in, just going, this guy was like, this guy's a legend of yeah, Australian yeah. boxing. I'm sharing a ring with him. And and it was all respect until that bell rings, and then I don't really care. Yeah, yeah. you know, you're still going to win, but it was a fucking blowout, and yeah. it was the best thing that I ever did. 
those two fights because Rocky, I doubt many people would ever come off a 20-month layoff and fight a puncher and someone that has that slick, like, speed and time in that Rocky has. Yeah. Um, and it was close. I just, he just caught me. He caught me at a big shot because I got cranky because I was missing and I'd exchanged a couple of shots. He banged me down with a left hook hard. Mm. It was like the Tyson Fury type shot. Like, yeah, yeah. But that was that after over. you dropped him. In the first round, I didn't get a fucking... Yeah. That was bullshit. I watched it about <laughs> 600 times. <laughs> anyway, that point would have given me the fight. But anyway, that, that doesn't matter. <laughs> that taught me that the O doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Those two fights flowed into my last one against Randall Quinlan, who knocked Daniel Gill out. Um, and Daniel Gill was like a bit of a hero to me coming up, being able to spar with him and being a world champion and stuff, you know, um, kind of early in the pro career. And I fucking lost one round, at the first round of that fight, having a look at him and then just put on the performance of my career so far. Pushed up and just batted him for nine rounds. And Ren's a really cool guy. Like, he's a nice guy. I like him. Yeah, yeah. But just, just shut the distance and just fucking was not being denied. And I just feel like from taking risks, which is what I come back to do, I come back saying to myself, you know, I'm not trying to be that A-side and navigate this and navigate that anymore. I'm just coming back to fight the best guys. Yeah, yeah. And in doing that, Yes, I suffered two defeats on the trot, which is not good. But I fought guys that no one else wanted to fight. And they made me so much better for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I gained so much experience in two fights. I never would have got that before. Mm. And then I got put put a clinic on for 10 rounds um, in my yeah. final fight. And then then um, had a couple of fucking pull... Uh, had a couple of good fights put on the table... Had him fall through and then COVID hit and then I just that thought, was it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. you know what, like maybe I'm done, processed it, you were there, you were part of the Yeah, journey. we were, yeah, <laughs> um, we're still here. Yeah. yeah. It, bur- it birthed the, um, the pandas. It, it did. did. Yeah. The embarrassment yeah. of pandas. Yeah. It did. The embarrassment. <laughs> yeah. And here we are. And, yeah. So what's your favourite fight that you've had? Oh. Like your favourite experience? Yep. Wow. Probably, I mean, the Quinlan fight was mad. Winning nationals was the best accomplished, like, feeling because of how tough the division was and yeah. the depth and all the years that went into that. The walk out of the Com Games was the most addictive thing I've ever felt in my life. And it's just, you know, it just killed me from that point on. <laughs> yeah, I just yeah, searched yeah. for it every day <laughs> since. Um, and, but fight was, I don't know, like, they're all, they're, I mean, the Quinlan one would have, if that was in front of a bigger crowd yeah. and everyone got to see it, that probably would have taken the cake because of the type of night it was. But to be honest, after I, the, after I'd seen everyone, like the high went real quick. So that's changed. It's yeah, like, yeah. I just enjoyed that I did the, I enjoyed the fight. Yeah. Enjoyed the, the, the process the while it was happening. Yeah. 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 And then it was like, it's over, and I almost had to carry on a little bit to myself to enjoy the victory yeah, okay. a bit more. Yeah, yeah right. You just wanted a cup of tea or something. Yeah, like no, I yeah. literally, I went to the, the the bar where everyone like was, say hi, and then I was like, "And hey, we gotta go. I can't do this. Like, I'm I'm buggered, but yeah, I just want to yeah. get the fuck out of here and yeah, go yeah. take it easy." Yeah. Like, um, so that that buzz is kind of I don't need that it's anymore. Diff- yeah. yeah, I do it for like just for me internally to overcome the challenges. 
And that's why I want the best guys. Like, mm. cause I want those moments in the ring where we're tested. That's what it's yeah. about. Like, and mm. it's just like overcoming and then conquering. Conquering. Sound like I'm going to go on a Tyson. <laughs> yeah, so that's why I'm taking <laughs> on, um, this good young boxer. Yeah, Isaac. Cause, yeah, yeah. cause he's, he's a, you know, he's the up and coming bad boy. Yeah. Brah. And I want to take him deep and I want to, I want to get into those fights. There's a run. No one's seen, they haven't seen it because most people didn't see the Ren fight. Yeah. No, it wasn't televised. I think it was on the big screen, but. Yeah, and then the camera recording was shit. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they don't really, it's not a bad thing because there's different sides to my game that people don't know about. Yeah, yeah. Like, those fights show who you are. And to me, that's what this sport's about. Yeah. Finding out who you are. That's that's all I want out of it now. Fuck yeah. I don't, right. Yeah. What about um so there's a bit of talk of like a flow state. When you do something for so long you can enter a flow state. Do you do you think you've been in that and when would you say was the last time you've been into the flow state? If you have. I don't know, it's hard with combat because you're thinking all the time. Yeah. You have to think. Yeah. Sometimes, some days when you're feeling good, it's easy. Yeah. Um, so there's definitely those days where everything just happens and you feel relaxed and like you just feel relaxed from experience mm. too. So even in shitty situations, as you get experience, you get more relaxed. You don't, doesn't, stuff doesn't bother you too much. Yeah. Especially once you're in shape because mm. you know you've got every, everything you need. Yeah. But I would say like, I don't know, a couple of times in preparation for the, the games qualifiers and stuff, like one day I was really, sh- Struggling with Luke Woods when we're down at Tasmania sparring. He was an awkward southpaw and I was at the, a different distance with him. And then the next day we went out and sparred and we're all moving around together and I just went in with a different approach. I just thought I'd just stay super, like just outside of long range, box off the back foot and counter punch. I just remember this school and like no one touched me that day. Yeah. I was just so relaxed and I, and I could see that guys, the coaches looking on like, Shit, it's yeah. good today. Yeah, yeah. I just got touched by nothing, just kind of boxed like a Cuban, like just pot <laughs> shot and moving off the back foot. And I was like, that was easy. Like maybe one of those. Yeah, that would sound like, yeah. like that. Like <laughs> it's just, you're just in tune with everything you see and everything. Like it happens. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't, no, no one particular, um, no one particular fucking fight or anything. I don't think. What about your Goggins moments? Because there was a time there when you were just all Goggins there. Yeah, yeah. And I still... still listen to him. Oh, fuck yeah. Oh. I listened to him the other day. He just... Because he just, re- he just reiterates yeah. a lot of the yeah. stuff I was doing without realising mm. it. Like, I just sometimes, because it's you, you just feel like it's no big deal. Like, I, I, don't, I didn't even recognise half the stuff I used to do mentally in that until I look back. Yeah. I was like, oh, I had that. Why am I missing that now? Yeah. Like, I used to do that shit all the time. And then with the Goggins thing, it was just like, I was like, man, I'm a professional fighter. We overcome shit all the time. Mm. I was like, but being off, like, it's not enough. People rest on, like, what they've done too much. Yeah. And that's yeah, what yeah. I found. I was like, I don't want to do that. So I'd always set those little challenges out. Like, a lot of us had a little group of people that sent messages out to them. We're like, let's go into the trails in Kemble and run like 50 k's off no no prep like we'd all run a little bit 
But we'd never done like marathons or <laughs> decays and, and like in the yeah. hills and shit. So we, we went out and did that stuff like just as tests. Poor, poor Tommy, one of our amateurs, he's still fucked up from it now. Yeah. He's still he's got still injured. Have a so it's like six months ago, he's still injured. Oh, oh no, no. But he did it. Decays. Yeah, yeah. Good kid. on him. Yeah. Yeah, he smacked it. So, so I got into that stuff for a bit just because I needed to find. I guess through the, through the struggle of transition and I was trying to find myself. I never identified myself away from boxing. Yeah. yeah. You know, like if you go back to the start, all my worth come from starting to achieve and being an athlete and, um, through accolades and different things. And it, you know, until, until we got together and started chatting about stuff and like last year, really. Yeah. I didn't work out. Yeah, and it's been quite a journey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it didn't work out who I was away from the identity that I thought I had to be. Yeah. Type yeah. thing. So in through, through doing that and letting boxing go, it's like I come back to wanting to do it just, just for me. On and, different and terms just for, though. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. Just cause I want to fucking do it. I don't need, I don't need it for, to feel like I'm worth something anymore. Mm, yeah. You know? Um, I don't really. Which kind of gives you this fucking power in yourself because I know a lot of the guys they do like all their worths attached to it. Yeah, doesn't mean I'm not gonna train any harder or fight any harder. Yeah, because yeah. it's just that's who I am. That's in me already. But I'm not gonna like I don't have that dependency on shit. Like you know, if you say I'm a shit box or who cares? Thank you, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> some days I probably am. I think. Yep. <laughs> I don't know, like, I'm not a boxer, I'm just, I'm me, but, like, but I've got that, that stuff that makes you a fighter, makes you, makes you a good fighter in me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I don't need boxing to, to kind of fulfill me anymore. Mm. Like, I am, I already have everything that I need. And we get real spiritual now, guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have everything. Well, you've got that fucking mat. Shakti mat. Shakti mat. If you guys want to jump on board as a sponsor, I love your shit. Save my back. Many times. Yeah, so. man, I've got to get one. That'd be good for the Panda Boys. They yeah. would. These chairs are pretty uncomfortable. They yeah, are. these chairs, yeah. They, they need squeak, a squeak, though. They need a, what is it? A Shakti mat. Shakti mat. Yeah, I we need. That's what they call Shakti. Get, get us four if you can. Shakti. Shakti. Nice. One for our guests. Yeah, 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 yeah sure. Because usually it's not one of us. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> so what What do you reckon, like, after this fight, what are your future plans, if you have any? Well, I'm committed now, like, in my mind to... Um, to give my to to give a hundred percent again ten rounds? for um yeah this is a ten rounder to give a hundred percent for the next couple of years because oh, okay, I mean yeah. I'm thirty one I've got maybe three years I think three yeah. years it'd mm. be a bit awful going on but it's thirty five thirty six it'd get tough then I don't want to be doing that so I'm giving myself like a good three years f- committed I want I want real fights tough fights i want to come through them and i just want to create like my own legacy for myself and just for, for something for like my kids to be proud of as well so i think your kids would be fucking proud of you no matter what you did mate. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah and i know a, that be a farmer the rest of your life and they'll be like my yeah. dad's the best fucking farmer in <laughs> yeah. australia yeah but for me i want it i want it to be yeah. a little bit i, I want them to sh- lead by example while they can see it 
that's that's the biggest thing for me too. Yeah. Like, I, I don't want to just talk about. It. I don't want them to see me doing it. Like, yeah. Not the actual fighting, but the process of it. Yeah. How do you feel watching your kids? Now they're both obsessed with boxing as well. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think I just um, <laughs> you feel a bit weird about it, or yeah, like, I don't. I don't know if I'd like. Oh, we always talk, joke about it if they do it or not. Yeah. I don't know. Like, oh, I think I it, hope that'd be. Like more Leave the choice up to them eh? and I will definitely If they yeah. want to do it Then I'll have to support it yeah. It's a bit Me and Emma have always said It's a bit um, It's a bit hypocritical for us To say you can't do something That I've just spent my life doing And she spent her life supporting Yeah yeah. yeah. Um, so we would support it But I'm, like I want them to know How to punch mm. And understand it but, like, And if they lose You can then just bash them Well <laughs> I'll be too old then. I don't I don't really want them To do it If they don't have to like, yeah, I yeah. want them to do What they want to do Yeah Go yeah. find yourself You don't have to do this Just because this is what You introduced to At a young age like, Yeah don't, yeah Don't like Fuck there's heaps out there There's so much to do with your life And if you don't have to fight Why the fuck would you fight? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I remember I think it was Tyson Was talking about his kids Getting in Like someone asked him You know Would they get into boxing? And he's like Nah They love too much Yeah They they won't do it They don't need to Yeah no. Yeah So yeah But um What else has been going on? Like I think we should Touch on the world events Yeah Facebook Before we wrap it up uh, Yeah yeah Fuckers Oh yeah that's with been, the news I think that's been Somewhat resolved today To Has be it? honest I haven't even what's, watched a clip I've just on? read headlines Yeah yeah The face Would they Would they ban the news On the feed And so Australia Like What'd they do They, they pro- The they government st- went yeah, against it Yeah well the government Wanted them Well Rupert Murdoch Wanted them to <laughs> Hey what's hey, man hey. Nice <laughs> Basically wanted them to, um, if someone shared like a, a telegraph story or something that Facebook would have to pay a little, a little percentage of something to share it. What do you think of that? Well, I think Facebook's fucked and the Telegraph are fucked. Yeah. So I, I hope they both fuck burn up. <laughs> like, so I thought it was great when it happened because I think it fucked with Facebook and it fucked with the Telegraph. Yeah. And the more people get off that shit, um, the better. Like they're all billionaire assholes. Yeah. I don't yeah. And you know, like does anyone yeah. even use Facebook anymore? Like, oh, it's a bit of an older. Everyone just older uses yeah. Instagram. That yeah, I but all the to. older people use it. Instagram's yeah. owned by Facebook, and they just it got is. adverts all through that shit. I know we're on Instagram, no. of course. We're fucking awesome. I don't have any. Um, <laughs> I got fucking ads. Like all it is is ads now. Yeah. So it um, is every second or third picture. Yeah. Watch. Fuck. Oh fuck yeah. Gear, vintage it's, gear. And then the sound comes on. You don't even yeah. if you have to be on it for half a oh, second. The fucking shit. sound comes on. Well, yeah. it's all. It's just. It's taking the internet, which was supposed to be, you know, all about freedom and love and all this. It first came out and it's just turned it back into control and marketing. Yeah, and more shit. Money, money, boring. That's what money. I used to like about um, All Star when it first came out. There was no ads. Well, that's the and whole then point. They slowly of started yeah. creeping in. Well, you can't. Yeah. You go on ESPN. You watch anything. You'll get like one hit of the baseball ad, one round of boxing ad. Ugh. Why do people pay it for it? It's weird. Drives me mad. Yeah. I got that KO Sports. Yeah, I've got it now. And occasionally, if something's been done by ESPN on there. Oh man, it's shit. Yeah. I just turn it off. I can't watch. I can't watch it, man. Yeah. I can't watch them. Period. Uh, no, they're louder than that. Like, because I, yeah, I, I watch ABC. I listen to ABC and that. You know, and I can barely listen to that now. But just, I just can't. I think you have to be 
um, indoctrinated into ads when you're a kid. You can sit there and the movie stops like 15 times. You know, and then you get used to it and you watch yeah, the ads. And, I, and a lot of people, when I go to people's houses, I don't know that well. And I'm amazed they always have a TV on. Oh, and they sit there and watch the ads. Yeah. And like, if we ha- do have ads on, I mute them. Like Dad the kids mute them. That, yeah. like, I, can, <laughs> yeah. I, can't, I can't handle it. No, okay. It literally makes me angry. Yeah. I know. That's why Smack Panda doesn't do ads. No, 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 not yet. Anyway, if you got, (laughs) if you got some products you want us to push, send them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for a fee. (laughs) (laughs) We'll do them at the. We'll take anything at this point. Yeah, we'll We'll do them right at the start. Put a love, and then Um, it'll be show all the way through. Exactly. What's been happening to you? Oh, this fucking room here. New studio. He's, 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 he's done well. We'll do a uh, spin around of it for you guys one day. Well. Um, but this will give us more space because beforehand we were tripping over the cameras and all that. Yeah. It was so, um, although the reverb is pretty full on. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like we're in a tunnel, which is yeah, Hang with us. We'll, we'll sort that out. We'll sort that out. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's been all a bit of a blur. I'm trying yeah. to stay, uh, stay away from the news, which isn't good when you're running a podcast, but <laughs> I just find this shit so depressing and it just it gets me nowhere and I'm, I'm, I want this thing to be a positive thing and, and all that. And it's just like, what is it anyway? What are they always talking about? Yeah. Russia We've sucks. gone from the, the virus now <laughs> mm. and now they're just pushing this fucking shit in Canberra. Yeah. Like that's all there is now. And then like, in a couple of days, it'll be something else, yeah, and then yeah, back to yeah. the virus, and then they'll invent another twenty strains of it to talk about it yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, and, and there's shit going yeah, on in the world. Like yeah. India just had the biggest protest in human history, man. Two hundred and fifty million Indian farmers got out on the streets to protest this fucking Monsanto law, where they're trying to basically fuck all the little Indian farmers. And Bill Gates, no shit, Bill Gates wants to go over there and take all this shit. Which is what's actually happening. And did it make any fucking news in this country, man? Of course it didn't. What Nothing. The, the biggest group thing of humans ever. That's what know? they were saying about, um, I just saw that like as a headline, Bill Gates getting into farming or some shit. Yeah, yeah. He's That's stealing all their old seeds. What he's done, they've had seeds for thousands of years and they're all valley specific. So if that valley was, um, so they're growing rice or something there, if the valley had a high salt content over thousands of years, these farmers have made a seed that can handle the salt. And yep. shit. And he's just gone around fucking India with his little minions and stolen all the seeds and sequenced the genomes and fucking patented them and said they're his. They're not fucking his. The uh, Indians have had this shit for fucking thousands of years. They're nature's motherfucker. Yeah, that's what he does, man. Like he stole fucking windows all the way through. He's gobbled up all these little companies and now he's stealing action. And, and Windows started its own viruses. So you'd have to buy the fucking antivirus. You know, and yeah. now he's into real viruses. Hey, did you, know? you ever watch it? Yeah. Did you ever watch um, that um, doc on that McAfee, John McAfee? It was a yeah, John I know. He's, he's, a, he's a Bitcoin maximalist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a nutcase, man. Yeah, he's he, great. He, he had the, and the spyware, the antivirus shit. Yeah, McAfee. Oh, yeah. And he's a real sicko. Like, he loves people like shitting on his chest. Oh. He, moved, he moved to this, um, where was yeah. he? Like, I think he's just been Island. arrested or, or something recently. Well, he, he killed someone over there and got away with it, the bastard. Yeah, he's got machine. Did he really? I haven't heard, because I used to follow him, on the docker. Follow him quite a, quite a lot, because he was one of the first guys to get into Bitcoin. Yeah, right. And, um, yeah, but he used to have like machine guns on his table when he was doing yeah. his podcast. They're after me, they're after <laughs> me. But he did know a lot of shit. Mm. And he, he, started, he did the first world's first antivirus, and then the later virus he was doing was actually attack viruses. So if someone tried to 
fuck with your computer, it would actually trace who was doing it and fuck their computer. Oh, shit. So, uh, I think we get into that stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fucking interesting. Oh, yeah. It's an interesting cat, but I think he kind of went a bit, who's that, who's that podcaster that got Alex Jones? He he went a bit Alex Jones, man. He's a bit wild, isn't he? Yeah, well, yeah. I'm going to fuck this up. I thought you might know, but since you haven't been watching the news, he was telling me about this Australian um, whistleblower, and they want to have a secret court. Oh yeah, that was that was a while ago. Was Australia being friends to East Timor, and we're all so proud of us helping East Timor. And so what did we do? East Timor's got billions of dollars worth of gas, so we fucking fucked them out over it. You know, so we, we took it, but there's negotiations between Australia and East Timor and it was all friendly, friendly. We'll negotiate this thing and yep. it's, it's East Timor, it's in the East Timor waters. So it's East Timor's, but Australia's going to help. And fucking, um, what's the ASIO? Fucking bugged the East Timor yeah, delegation, right. that's man. That's what it was. They fucking bugged them. <laughs> like, and <laughs> stole <laughs> this third world country's fucking money. Like oh, we did. Man. After we helped Indonesia fucking murder, I think it was 50% of their population. Australia was there drinking champagne with the Indonesians back in the seventies. And now we just fucked them. And a couple of good yeah. Aussie guys were in on it and they said, fuck this. And they released it to the press. And now they're getting, they're going to spend the rest of their lives in jail, man. And they're, um, and it's a, they're trying to make it a secret hearing. Yeah. And they're not allowed to fucking have barristers or any shit like this. Yeah, man. How's that work? <clears throat> you always have the it's, right to be defended. Don't yeah, you? fucking yeah. A. They're and they've done that not to, but absolute the right thing. Australia, you know, that's why all these secret agencies, no they're not there to protect it, us. That's, no, that's they're not allowed to talk about it, I don't think. The old man was going off. Like, mm. What the fuck isn't anyone talking about this shit? Well, science is getting uh, rotten. Yeah. Edward Snowden's going to get fucking murdered if he goes back to the States. And this is happening right here in little old Australia. Yeah, man. yeah. You know, with the good dogs. people. The the thing, growing up in New Zealand, I always thought of Aussies as larrikins and not in a bad mm. way as like fair go kind of people. And they were kind of hard case. But yeah. they're generally good guys like Bon Scott from ACDC. Get on the piss. <laughs> fucking shag the chicks. But yeah. they were generally good people. Good dudes. Yeah. Good dudes. They yeah. didn't fuck people over, you yeah. know. And since Howard... That's got it internationally, man. It's just a bad scene. Yeah, it is. Fucking people over and yeah. doing that to a little country with no GDP. Yeah. Like East Timor needs that fucking oil. We don't, man. Yeah. You know, like yeah. we've got a lot of shit here. So, um, yeah, it's really it's bad shit. What's going on there? Yeah, fucking if it is. Mm. Yeah, I haven't done much. I've been fucking pumping out the books. Yeah. At the start of the year, I said I was going to read ten. I'm already four. I've started like seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> One page. Oh, this is killing me. I gotta sit down and yeah. fucking read. I remember Bill Bird did this bit and he was like, I'm not a fucking reader. He's saying that he sits down and he's like, I start reading. I used to live on this road and then he's like, oh, I used to live on a road. Like, Fuck, remember that chick? And he's like, puts a book down. <laughs> but, um, no, I'm getting, so I read, um, that Jordan Peterson's 12, yep. 12, 12 steps, 12 steps yep. yeah, it was all right. It was way too yeah. ch- churchy. For it goes me. very, yeah, the God and like, um, I've still, all the stories, the church listened. stories. Yeah. I've heard them all before. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a bit Jungian or something though. He does like talks about that shit. About him and that neat, I can't even say. Yeah, that's Nietzsche. Yeah. Nietzsche was a weird cat though. Even people like quoting him, but when you actually look at his life, he's a pretty fucked up kind yeah. of dude, you know. But uh, there was a cut. Co- I took a couple of a few things points, I took so. from. I yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? I'm going to try that. Yeah. And yeah. Make your bed in the morning? No. <laughs> <laughs> 
deja voodoo. I just got it massively. No, we we're did. in the right spot. Nice. This is the right place. We're right? aligned where we're supposed to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. Hey, man. Well, actually, what's been happening with me? I, I, I don't know if we spoke about. It. We haven't noticed in a few weeks. I've been doing a Wim Hof breathing thing. Yeah, you. Yeah, you touched on it a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking great. Uh, every it. morning, man. I'm going to do it for the rest. You inspired of my life. me to do it a couple of times the other yeah, day. Yeah, I yeah. remember. I was like, I've got to get into it. It's good shit. Is there an app for it or something? Yeah, yeah. The Wim Hof app. Don't even really need it, man. Just fucking crack off. 30 breaths like deep big from your, your stomach belly, yeah. and then up to your chest and then fully exhale and you just keep hitting that uh, you try and get like 30 in and then on the last one you blow out and hold for as long as until you it's need to it's a bit of go. a blowout when you yeah because yeah. it, it's a if you can get through to when you blow all the air out it's a bit of a stressful situation mm. eh? and you um, it'd be good for boxing actually getting hit in the tum- stomach and all that you know you get winded you know yeah, hang on, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting a little dizzy. <laughs> so, um, yeah. your, one thing I want to ask you, out. actually, because you had that nose surgery that, where they bored out your mm. nose and yeah, fucking man. used a hammer and yeah, all that does. shit, yeah. has your breathing improved? Yeah, fucking 100%. I can breathe. Well, I couldn't breathe from my nose, nose before, man. It was always blocked, but now... Smell that, <laughs> smell that That's microphone. Smell of my nose. <laughs> so, um, well, it, it, yeah. your, your nose, your breathing can just improve just from forcing nasal breath. Mm. So, like, you start oh, opening yeah. everything up again. Yeah, that the breathe, um, Nessa or something. Yeah. His name was. Yeah, yeah that so was I've been trying to consciously do it a lot because, oh, yeah, because of the not was it the nitrogen or whatever that passes back through on the exhale out of your nose is supposed to be really good for stuff. I don't know why, but another thing I've been trying to do is um, for sinus relief is rest your tongue in a neutral position on the top of your ma- of in the roof of your mouth. It's supposed to help improve your sinuses. So I usually get like blocked sinuses and shit. So I've been trying that. I don't know. Like I've got no reports it. yet. It kind of tickles. What do you got on your tongue? La, 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 la. Mm. Yeah. But that's about it. Yeah, yeah. So, one's going alright. Um, going to drink next week. Nice. Ooh, I've got Enjoy. some yeah, some yeah. leftover booze from moving around the place. I'll tell a you. Bottle of Jack Walk, sorry, Johnny Walker, Red Label, and uh, Finlandia. So, Finlandia vodka. Next week we'll be on the piss. <laughs> All of us might be. I don't know if I'll get on the piss. I'm thinking. I am the only thing I've missed. I actually haven't. I could go. I think I could go six months without a drink. Actually, now I've got my breathing shit. But I do like the taste of a really good red wine, man. Yeah. I just love that. A red and a nice beer. Yeah, yeah I miss yeah. that. I'm not gonna lie. I'm, I'm missing. How long have you been oh. off now? Um, hmm. not that long. Not that long. Hey. When was it? Yeah, I four can't. weeks maybe. Yeah, yeah, about four weeks. yeah. I'm coming up to four weeks. Yeah, mm. so I've been waking up with hangovers though. It's fucking annoying. Like you know, I used to wake up and think, "Oh, I'm a bit rough today." It was um, there must be an alcohol. It wasn't the fucking alcohol. Hmm. Like some, yeah. uh, then I do my breathing and the hangover goes and that. But I don't know if I'm not getting good sleep or something. Sleep but, apnea. Yeah, it might be, but it's um, sodium and shit in the food the night before. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, yeah that shit breaks you. Yeah, all Thai food, man. Yeah, yeah, we yeah that like messes that. you up. Mm. That's good, but. Fucking tasty. Yeah, you wake shit. You, you, like the high sodium food makes you feel shit when you wake oh, up. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, we had, um, fucking Pinocchio's last, last week. 
Yeah. Pizza. I woke up in the middle of the night, tonguing for a drink. Yeah. Because of the amount of salt in it. Yeah. Jesus Christ. That's what I used to eat um, post-Wayne. I used to think, like, <laughs> so dumb, bro. No wonder I was getting shorted out. I used to think, um, like, good carbs, a little bit of fat. A little yeah. bit of protein, heaps of sodium. Yeah. I'd just be like loading it in there. <laughs> you get massive, but I'd always wake up dry as shit like, yes. in the middle of the night. I'd drink like, more fucking Gatorade and so it's so dumb. How'd you sleep before you fought? Oh, Not too good. bad? Yeah, but like depends how hard that. So before so- Solomon, because the cut was hard, my stomach mm. was aching eating the food. And I was only, like, I got it all down to it. Because it was only... Science. It was just like the second little meal that I had. I was like, oh, I was in agony. Just through digestion and stuff. It must be like everything adjusting. Yeah. Um, but I think I still sleep. I just pass out. Cause you're like, oh, fuck, your body's so just tired and shit. Finally. And got like, cause I don't let myself go to sleep till I've got everything in that I needed mm. to. It's just like happy to be refueled. What's your longest, um, fight camp you've done? Like weeks, because you, oh, you've 20, done some fucking I've done some stupid one for, for Quinlan the first time. Um, that Before was in 2000. Yeah, we went to America and... Oh, I wanted to talk about that. Yeah. So we're back to the fight and podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> Quick yeah, spin yeah. back. Yeah. Um, when you went to New York yeah. and you went and fought, you went and sparred fucking... What was his name? Sadam Ali. Ali, Ali yeah. You beat Miguel Cotto on his best night yeah. of his career highlight. So let's go through that because I don't think Matt knows that story yet. All the oh, listeners. That was, that was cool. Yeah, yeah. So we went to, um, I must have trained for, so it was a big fight at the time. Uh, Quinlan was still like r- right in the mix and there was one of the big casino shows happening and, and we'll match for that. And, um, we must have trained for fucking 10 weeks before I went. It was ridiculous. I was so, I was in ridiculous shape. And then we'd planned to go do like, I think it was three weeks in the States and then come home yeah. two weeks before. And, um, so we went over to Boston first where, so Nudge's brother lives there. And we just, we went and we did some sparring with a guy called Greg Vandetti. They're in the best old school gym, like in an old basement. Like you went down under this building and the coach, um, old Joey, his name was a great guy, slicked back. Yeah, Maybe yeah classic kind yeah, of yeah. Italian, like white shirt. Um, hey, how are you, boys? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, he's just waiting for Cigar a ciggy in his mouth. Yeah, like yeah. he had his little office. There's the ply boards for people to skip on. A couple random bags. The ring had fucking like bumps in it. It was <laughs> so dangerous. But proper old school, like authentic boxing gym. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, we went in there and sparred with, um, Greg Vendetti. He fought for a couple, he just fought Erislandi Lara for a world title. Good sturdy guy, like, give me good, good hard few rounds. And then I started, you know, like, he probably got the first half and I got the second half of the spar. So that was cool. And then we went out to, um, New York and we stayed in Brooklyn and then we teed up sparring with Saddam Ali in, in this, um, in his gym. How'd you come yeah. about that? Um, we had Kevin Rooney Jr.'s number. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we got that shit. off Billy Hussain. Um, they're just pretty good mates with Billy. So he, he hooked us up with that and he organised it for us. Um, and Saddam was getting ready for his first defence of his title and that he just won off Miguel Cotto, but he was fighting that Jamie Mungia. No one knew anything about him. 
So they'd done this camp thinking they're just fighting some fucking Mexican. That's yeah, yeah. not much job. And he turns out to be a beast. Um, and anyway, so once we teed this, we trained at Gleason's for a bit, um, which is more of like, it's a public gym now. Mm. Sick. Still looks really cool. They've moved it to a new location. Heaps of rings, heaps of like old school coaches there still. Um, we met Hector Roca. Nudge had met him before. He trained Archiro Gaddy in the early part of Archiro's career. He's trained like maybe 32 world champions or something. He watched his games. Yeah, and he was like, he's like, you're a good boy, technically very good. He just showed us like one thing. Like, yeah, it's yeah. like, just tweak your uppercut, like, turn your hand more. That was it. That was all he could pick. So that was cool. Like, That's that was great. Been yeah. around him. And anyway, we, we, we go to this, um, so we're driving through Brooklyn. I don't know which suburb it is or whatever, but we get out in the street. It's just like a normal street. And then you go through this door and it goes down the stairs. It's on a lot of the 20, it's been on 24 sevens and stuff on the oh, HBO okay. build yeah, up yeah, shows. Yeah. It's so sick. You walk down, it's like underground little basement, small gym room, like a ring. You know, there's like, um, there's like rock walls and then they just kind of concrete it. It's a bit like that. Mm, yeah. A few brown leather bags there, the, the, the ring with like a, you know, MGM canvas type thing on it and Saddam in there. Um, who else had another couple of good. So as you come in, good little he fighters. Was like, he was, he so was we training. met his dad. We found his dad first. His dad, the top guy, and brought us down. Oh, he had to do some rounds with Saddam. They didn't even know who I was. Like, yeah. oh wow, that's awesome. It's, it seemed, but it seemed a bit weird. Like this was his last bar before he's defending his world title. <laughs> Grab some random. random. Yeah, yeah. it's a bit odd. Yeah. And um, anyway, I jumped in with him. Um, I chatted to him. I was like, "Fuck, thanks for having us and whatever." And um, this boxed with him, no problem. They were, they were yep. pretty impressed. Mm. Like I boxed really good. My shoulder was starting to get t- twingy, but like um, I think like one of the rotator cuff muscles was just tension. So I did maybe four, I think four rounds, and then um, jumped out. I was going to get back in, and it was just like it was going nuts. I was like, oh, was it? Yeah. But super happy with our box, so that gave me a good bit of confidence. Mm. Um, but like just a blowout, just being in that gym after seeing it in the 24-7s, and it's just in a community, and like you just go down these stairs, and like Danny Jacobs trained there to for Canelo, yeah. a couple of fights, yeah, yeah. world champion. Um, like heaps of guys who use that gym that are just ah. top level. So just being around that shit motivates mm. you. Yeah. Like um, it's it's... Being over there just makes you feel like you're doing it for, for real. Yeah. And, but you see why there's opportunity because you're in the gym with these guys and they know. Yeah. The who's who. Like you hear them talking about so and so that's the executive for Showtime or. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Bob Arum or. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's how they're making it. So yeah. if you want to get those fights, you kind of need to be there really you, you know. need to be in the eyes like if you're yeah. over there sparring and stuff at least you're in the mix like yeah. if yeah. you stayed over there you can see how things would happen mm. it's a big big pond yeah you want to be you want to know how to fight but yeah. um i think just being around there sometimes you can see how the opportunities yeah end of opportunities it yes. is yeah you can get lost but you can find your way too if you battle yeah. hard enough yeah. so so that was a fucking, that was a blowout. And then, unfortunately, 
Quinlan got injured. He had to pull out. And we started looking for another opponent. And then my shoulder went spastic. Oh, shit. Yeah. And it was just overtraining, obviously. I trained like an animal for like 20 weeks. 21 weeks. It was stupid. Yeah. Did you have the... Before the Quinlan fight, didn't you have that Japanese guy that you were going to go fight as well? After the... When we got home, it was the drop-off. I had maybe two weeks or a week off. Something, and then then got the offer for that. I think. Yeah. Because there was I thought, a period I'll go there. Over there, I'll just yeah. duck over and get some pay, and because the purse was pretty good, and I was thinking I'll smash this guy. Like I'm boxing real good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I just didn't have a long enough break, and I mm. had to get straight back into everything. And that's when my that's when it all died. Like. Yeah. Because there was a period there I was going into the gym, and you'd be like, "No, I'm not fighting anymore." And then he'd be like, oh, I got this guy. So I'm ramping up. And oh, no, he got injured. <laughs> just like, fuck well, hell. And then after the Quinlan period, we had an offer. And see, this is what I've learned. I need, I need to rest after fights now. Like, yeah. I'll take four, six weeks where I'm not even going to think about another fight. Like, I'm just going to be like, I don't care what it, yeah. any offers. Don't fucking talk to me for four, yeah. four to six weeks at least. I need yeah. to go be a dad. Just relax. Yeah. Let myself come back to, like, level out. Yeah, yeah. Not get excited in things, because that's when I burn out. Mm. So, do that. But, yeah, we had that offer from the another Japanese guy that had a good record. I was thinking, I'm going to smash this guy. But I had to go straight back into camp. So, mm. I think I did 10 weeks for Quinlan the second time. Or at least eight good weeks. And then... um and then fought, and then like a week, five days later, I'm walking through picking up ice cream and shit in Woolworths, and I got the call about this other <laughs> yeah, offer. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll take it. Fuck, why not? Yeah. I'm killing it. I'm buzzing off that last one. And it's only in three weeks. Like, I don't really have to do anything. Yeah. Just get my weight back down. Went to do that, and then um, and then that got pushed back another two weeks, and we're having visa issues, and then I was just sick of dieting. Like yeah, I've fucking been fucking dieting for like 14 <laughs> weeks, 15 oh, weeks, yeah. like proper making weight. I was like, fuck this. I just was sitting on my lounge one, one day and I thought, nah, I'm not doing it. I'm pulling out. This is shit. I'm pulling yeah, yeah. out now. So, um, yeah, pulled out. Then, then we got someone rang us, a promoter rang us about as a raffer offer. Shit. Yeah. And I was going to take that fight for peanuts. I just wanted to fight him. Like yeah. I thought, yeah, I can, I, I thought I could beat him. Like, he's not. Yeah, he can say whatever the fuck he wants, but he he's not, you know, he keeps going on trying to stay relevant. Like, he's no Tim Zhu. He, he's guys that he's, he's fought some, like, he fought Kel Brook and he fought Peter Quillen. But, like, who the fuck else has he been? Like, just those two marquee names. They're easy to fight guys like that because you lose and it's no, no, they're, they're world champions. Mm. There's no yeah, loss yeah. off that when you're going over to their home and you put in a valiant effort and Peter Quillen, he got blown out and did 10 rounds of 12 rounds of Kel Brook. Like, who cares? That's no big deal. Anyone can go and lose to them guys. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's no, it's, it doesn't take anything away from you. There's no risks. So, mm. yeah, but. so anyway. There's fucking a bit of a thorn in my side of it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so then they offered us Tez and then we'll, um, something happened with that and we saw and they pulled out us on us on that. And then I just thought, yeah. 
This game's too much sometimes, man. Because you, know, it's not like you you just going to the gym. You know, you're like not going for the most. You're though. peaking. Yeah, you're trying to peak. You're trying to. You're worrying about weight. Mm. You know, you're trying to keep yourself mentally focused. Yeah, you're getting up for that guy and then drop. Like, if you get a fight, like you get a big name, like as a rapper or something, like he's a marquee name in the middleweights now, right? Yeah. The, the only guy under him is Isaac. He's the new hot shit. But um, you get a name like that. If you get some sort of regional belt, you probably take their ranking. Or you at least, like, so I'm thinking, mm. oh, man, if I can beat him, I won't be sitting at, like, number 10 in the world or something. All of a sudden, opportunities open, yeah. and I'm thinking, yeah. then there'll be some paydays, and I could just, you know, that's what, that's what, that's a big pretty. Come, big come down to come off, like, yeah. after that. Um, but that, that's just part of the sport now, and I understand that, and that's what I mean about taking breaks and not, not rushing things, not yeah. getting over-enthused. Yeah. And just... I'm just doing it for me now. Like I don't depend on it. So anything that happens is in terms of like you know purses and whatever, they're all just bonuses now. Yeah. So I don't have to. They're nice bonuses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about um before we wrap it up? Just the so the the youth you've got coming through. You I know you're pretty happy with the younger kids. Is there any fights for them coming up, or is it all still too much COVID? No, the, the tournaments are coming back yeah, for the right. kids and that. Um, I don't know when we'll be on yet. Maybe in April. Uh, but yeah, we don't have any of them matched as of yet. But yeah. I'm sure as we get closer, a few of them will be on in April. And it's hard, man. It's hard with yeah. the kids. Yeah, they got such long like kids. You see so many people come in and come out. It's hard to get really excited about anyone anymore, if yeah. I'm being real honest. Yeah, you don't know how long they're going to last. The actuality or? of anyone sticking it out, like, oh, if you look at me and Nudge, yeah, who mm. else is there? Mm. There hasn't, there's no one else has stuck it out. Yeah. So it's like, if and you know, and Nudge is a great technical coach. Where's the other kids? Yeah, no one lasts. Yeah, yeah. well, it so is probably one of the toughest fucking sports out there. Yeah, but I think people want things too easily now too. Yeah, they don't understand there's a process involved. Yeah, they don't people wanna... think they're trying hard when they're not really. Yeah, you know, they're not willing to dedicate their whole existence to something. Like yeah. that's what you have to be ready to do because well, this is not a game. Like you can die in this sport, mm. and you do lose bits of yourself. You know, every, every time, time you step in the ring, yeah. that's the reality of it. So you got to be prepared to go through that shit. And if you mm. can't even go through a few hard weeks of training or a disappointment of someone pulling out or oh, got to diet for a couple of weeks, or, <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, like, diets how, are hard. <laughs> yeah, but how are you going to ever do what's truly that's hard? That's it, yeah. yeah. When those yeah. hard things come knocking, like you're going to fucking fold. So. What was it Goggins was saying? Everyone, like most people, will only put in forty percent. Mm. They don't even know about the other. So the, the governors. It's like we yeah, do these sessions. Right. There's this session we do at the start of a prep now, like thirty second max effort sprints. Is that at Forte yeah. Boxing and um, Shaban yeah, Strand? Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Just stop. <really. laughs> We're at capacity, guys. <laughs> um, 30 seconds, um, max effort. Most people can't do that. They don't know how to 
mm. take the gov like that limiter off. You pace yourself. Mm. But if you get on the air bike or you get on the curved treadmill, you mean you the devil get bike? Yeah, <laughs> you get on the sled and you give thirty seconds of yeah, absolute. Yeah maximum effort like you die you only, oh, yeah. you only have to do four to six of them in the session you're doing three minutes of work with three minutes resting between each one and you're fucking destroyed oh yeah, yeah, yeah imagine yeah. that's what i used to do i went to the gym i don't know for the last 30 seconds but i was get on the rowboat the row machine and just fucking go mental yeah. and i said what's up with this guy i just hate being in the gym yeah i thought well if i can done. just go fucking go mental and burn these yeah. calories go for it you know yeah, yeah. so there's a science behind it like mm. that is that's an aerobic session even that's uh, your logic thinks like oh, it's really high intensity, but like there's some the science works out as a quick way to build your aerobic base. Yeah. Um, so that's why we use them at the start. But mm. yeah, shit like that. It's like, you know, you, most people can't even make themselves uncomfortable for that amount of time. Truly mm. uncomfortable. That's what yeah. we're, we're back so. to the breathing, man. Yeah, man. Try and hold your breath for three minutes with no air in your lungs. Mm. Mm. You can do it. You mm, know, you it can. takes a bit, but you can fucking yeah, do yeah. it. Putting some effort. Yeah. And, but it's a mental thing as well, because you want to breathe, and you realise you don't really need to breathe, No, man. you don't. You're, You're okay. zone out from it. Yeah, you do. It's, um, yeah, I've been trying, like, just training. We should do nose. it after yeah. this. Yeah. Just do a couple uh, we'll get, cycles. I'll try. But, yeah, sure. just trying to breathe through my nose on the... Just exercising. And Generally, it's fucking yeah. hard, man. It is like, hard. Just after a while, your mouth starts creeping over. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. See how it runs. Yeah. You know, you know, you have to force it. Yeah, it's fucking hard. Uncomfortable. Because you, your head's like, nah, you need more air, man. You need yeah. more air, but yeah, yeah. you don't really. Well, what would I know? But anyway, let's fucking wrap this bitch up. All right. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, boys. We appreciate you. That was great. studio is sick. It is, I love it. Yeah, the brick took ages. Lucky we got a brickie here. We got a fucking... Yeah, I slapped it up pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. I think you did it all. Yeah, it was pretty quick. I was pretty right. much just going, yeah, it looks all right, man. Yeah. Yeah, that, mate. If you need a studio built, match your man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not for a while, man. <laughs> that was it for, for me for this year. You've peaked. I've peaked. Yeah, I peaked too soon. <laughs> yeah. Not no. in 30 seconds, I hope. <laughs> not in 30 <laughs> seconds. Anyway. All right, guys. Catches. <laughs> Button number two. Oh, oh fuck. The intro. No, <laughs> that one. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh. Hey. Fuck, that's how long this podcast is done.